my gosh. We are weirdos. We're weirdos. Oh, I'm the biggest weirdo. The Cheers biggest to being a weirdo, weirdo, man. I did not consult said notebook, but that notebook lives in my blood, and that's where these facts come from. I watched so. Cyborg for a week. One entire week. And every ad I got was for uh, bipolar depression. <laughs> really? That's, that's yeah. crazy. I'm about to spoil the shit out of Cyborg. Yeah. Uh, technology. What can you do? Well, how the oh. fuck are you? <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Like, uh, so I did a cram session and <laughs> watched Cyborg. I just finished it maybe 40 minutes ago. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, so you must be in a good uh, headspace. <laughs> oh man. Let me tell you. Wow. This yeah. is a great one. <laughs> You know what? It's it's a great one to start with because I said the one of the one of the goals of this journey is to understand your love for JCVD and this is going to be a good one to dissect cuz it's like if you can love him at this you can love him at anything. That's like, right. That was actually uh, yeah, that's very aptly put. <laughs> So, um, we got, do we have Moto joining us too? Yes, we do. I, I thought it might be fun to, uh, to do just a couple of our regular bits and catch up and then, and then bring okay. him in. So he's, uh, yeah, no, that's fine. He just says, um, yes, we do. Oh, I should silence my phone. He said, I'm signed on to Google chat whenever it's good. Chill and listen to music. He and I have gone back and forth a little bit this week about what would be fun and make sure his setup works and stuff. So. I thought it might be fun, like bring him on, like you would a talk show, like. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, no. It's, um, I'm but, totally uh, down I, for that. You want to open a beer? Oh hell yeah! <laughs> let's open a let's let's open a beer then. If we're just gonna start with just us, then I'm. Uh, yeah. I got two beers, so then we'll do we'll oh. open a beer too with with Moto. Uh, okay. Uh, when he, let's see when he comes on. You know, I can actually. So let's toast them before we crack them. Okay. And then, uh, so you got. Yeah. Okay. On three. On two. Three. I don't know what's working. Motherfuck. Uh, you need it up there again. <laughs> oh, hold on. I did a. I did a. Uh, did the wrong key. Sorry. Hold on a second. Man. We'll, we'll soon find out if these are worthwhile. <laughs> these uh, screen grabs. Okay. And then three. One. Two. Cheese. Three. <laughs> so. So oh my god! I left it in last time where I'm just like, this is such horseshit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, cracking. Oh this man, fucker. Oh, sorry. I always then I right. biff it on doing it at the same time. I'm sure we'll be able know. to do it jointly with uh with uh. Yeah. I don't know what he wants to be called. We we he and I I posed the question to him, but he didn't answer. So we'll. Oh, actually, you know what? I think I do know what he wants to be called, but it's going to be a little bit of a secret. For now, all right, teasing the guests that will be on very soon. Oh, you're talking about like the the future guests, not Moto because we're calling Moto. Are we calling Moto Moto? (laughs) I don't know. I think we're gonna let himself determine, but but I think he has a, I think he has a, I don't know. He's got a, 
he's got several uh what's the word pseudonym <laughs> no what's yeah. the word aliases that we could choose okay. from and i'll yeah. let him choose um right. but how how I'm are still, you sir i i'm good i i just want to apologize to our listeners i'm i am working on figuring out this new mic and uh just getting it so that it doesn't redline and find that nice nice happy medium it sounds nice uh, through my headphones <laughs> Well, good, good. Um, yeah, no, things are going great, man. Um, just plugging through, really getting used to my new job and loving that and uh, having a great time, just enjoying well, life. Really, uh, Ash and I really feel like we're succeeding at adulting recently. Really? So, oh, and you adopted yeah. Twinkie's word, or, or did you use that already? Uh, no, we, we've used adulting before, but it it is, I mean... That is really what you're doing. And it's it's so funny because like you spend so much of your life just thinking like, man, grownups have it so figured out and just like, I can't wait to get there. And then one day you just realize, wait, I've been there for a while. And the point is they don't have it figured out. They just like are really good at faking it, you know, like, yeah, you just have the like confidence of experience, but you still like no answers. You don't have answers. So yeah, and maybe and maybe part of it is is a knowing that uh, knowing that they're not going to suddenly be answers or or I don't know. That's I I have heard that very many times and feel that way myself a lot. I felt always I felt very when I was younger, and this will actually have to do a bit with uh, JCPT. I think um, I always felt older and more mature, and I physically matured early, at least uh, in terms of my height and kind of you know whatever bone structure and stuff um and then yeah but then as i and i kind of i got married young and divorced soon after and then sort yep. of had this second not even a second act like i was 24 and a lot of people are graduating at 24 but i was really just starting to become maybe like a sophomore i don't know but i yep. at that point i still sort of felt old and then i felt like really old because i was divorced but I had this, um, I don't know, spent all my time with like college kids and then played music for 10 years. And that's kind of this like weird prolonged adolescence. And so every once in a while it hits me. It's like, and, and recently it's been hitting me physically. And I'm just like, I'm 37. Yeah. <laughs> you know? uh, yeah, dude. I know. I hear you. <laughs> like, God, do I hear you. So I don't know if it bothers so, me yeah. too much, but I'm glad to hear that you feel like you're doing well at it lately. I'm sure... Yeah, I, I we really do. Um we really do feel that way. So <clears throat> that's always that's always a little reassuring is to have those moments where things just feel like they're going the way they should be. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I have this cough. It's okay. Are you are you sick or it's just a thing? No, just I'm it's just dry. Like I always get like this at the end of the winter where it's just like, you know, from being cooped up inside with like the furnace and it just, you're just dried out. So it was, um, it is unseasonably warm in Minnesota this week. It is, oh, it's, it's 47 now, but it was in the fifties today and it's going to be 60 on Sunday. Wow. I considered I considered setting up on the porch tonight so that I wouldn't disturb really? the bride. 
Uh, yeah. But it, it, it does drop at night. But man, has it been warm. <laughs> and and I guess warm's fine. Warm's good. I don't know. February, I like to be February. I, I'm weird that way about the cold, but. Um, yeah. Um, How have you been? Oh, what have you been up to? I've been pretty good. Um, I. Uh, I've really been spending, spending this week I spent e- with Cyborg and, uh, actually with the director's cut of Cyborg. <laughs> the director's cut. Yeah. Called Slinger. Oh. Um, the movie, I have like 12 pages of handwritten notes from the director's commentary. So unlike previous episodes where I'm rushing to make sure like we hit all the points, I think that 12 pages of notes is more like stuff I write down and uh, don't even reference or, or maybe reference like two pages. It's it's just like, I just wanted to get it all in there. Cause like never in my life <coughs> has there been an actual excuse to talk about this movie in, for any prolonged amount of time. <laughs> so it's like, this is the chance. So throw it all oh, in there. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I'm what's funny is, is I looked at my notes after and it's one note. <laughs> Oh, you got to save it. I can't. Don't spoil it. Oh, one note. <laughs> it's a good one. <laughs> I can't wait. Well, let's do, uh, Um, let's do, let's, let's not delay things too much. Cause, uh, I mean, not that it's a problem, but I, I love some of our regular segments we've stumbled upon. I want to make sure to kind of cover okay. them and I don't know. It's nice what to you hear dig- about your adulting. What are you, what are you <laughs> so, uh, what are you digging right now? Oh, uh, I almost didn't have anything because my life has essentially been my job. I've been spending, I don't know, I haven't had much free time and um, uh, I've been working on the show, which obviously it's hard. You can't really talk about the show on the show. (laughs) Uh, This weekend I'll be editing the Twinkie episode, which the recording time was like three hours and 50 minutes. (laughs) So I don't think it's going to Oh my gosh. Some really? That, we recorded four hours? Well, some of that was like us, you guys getting online before I was there. And then oh, yeah. he, he and I talking a little bit during the breaks about stuff that wasn't really for the show. And then rolling again towards the end after we said we were done. Not stuff I think would be in the show, but just stuff I wanted to have. So I would guess. And we peed a couple times and yeah. or like broke a couple times. So Yeah, I would guess that's going to be about like a three and a half, three to three and a half hour show, which I think. Yeah, I don't remember. What I like those because like shows. I, those usually take me like a good three days to chip through. Like, yeah, I, I like um, I like those long shows. I like the I like feeling relaxed and and really having the discussions and telling the stories and stuff. When yeah, when our guest tonight, my brother and I tested the connection, he started to get into stuff a little bit, and we're like, "Well, oh, no, no, we can't." But yeah, it's really all the stories stop. that it's all the stories that kind of come out of the <laughs> topics that are, are the most fun. So the topics are fun, but it's nice to get to the, get to um, the stuff that's uniquely us. Cause a lot like the Wikipedia that I could read is not really <laughs> worth oh, reading. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh no. but anyway, so I've been spending a lot of time with the show and actually Mo- we're going to call him Moto for now. Yeah. Let's see if that's what he wants to go with. Cause that's what he was called in your previous podcast, WPLMR version two. Is that or three? Version two, yeah. I don't know. Um, uh, no, like published. I would say version two. And, I didn't uh, really publish the first. The first version. Those were those were private. But I want that third disc if ever it surfaces. Definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm really embarrassed by those. Like they really like the Jerome stuff. Really, 
I, I like, and I didn't mean any of that, like with malicious intent. Oh, of course not. I knew but it's that like now I, now I hear it, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is so, this isn't good. Yeah, yeah. we, uh, nine, uh, no, it, which, yeah, I remember that at the time too, and I had just kind of gotten hip to why that <laughs> might not be good, and uh, yeah, but you know, that's all right. These things happen. That's you know we're adulting. The process of adulting is yeah. start, is he- hopefully seeing things from other people's perspective and realizing that yours is not the only experience in the world, and some people have it better than others. And there's you know blah 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 blah. Right. <laughs> it takes a while to turn ship around. <laughs> Sometimes it takes a long walk for a short drink. Yeah, it's but I've realized with the show. Which, by the way, welcome to Long <laughs> yes! Walk Short Drink. This is Palmer <laughs> and Dave. Yeah, episode. I think this is thirteen, fourteen. Fuck, I dun, don't know. Dun, dun. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think it is thirteen. I think is what we got to. Yeah, but I love the long walks and the the topics are sort of the short drink that that gives the excuse. So I've been having a lot of fun with the show, with the Twitter, at LWSDpod on Twitter. Um, I just, uh, did, did you get that thing where I sent the John Stewart, Rachel Maddow talk? Yeah. Just I listen to that. that sometime. I liked it at the time, but I appreciated it even more listening to it today. And in fact, at the end, yeah, I won't spoil it for you, and it may, I doubt it'll hit you in the same way, but I cried. Oh. Be, not because of anything you'd think, because of, but the whole thing, it's this... I also thought they were going to be like, I don't know, I started saw them as on the same side, same team, left wing kind of TV, you know, one's yeah. a satirist, the other is kind of a pundit or or uh, a news person. But it was a much more, like they had a lot of disagreements, it was a lot of disagreements. It was just wow. so civilized and just the way I wish our whole country could be. Like, granted, they right. didn't have that different of opinions on everything, but they held each other accountable and they were so respectful. I don't know. I just when I I, I sent it to uh, to the bride as well, who you know is the only reason I probably saw it in the first place in 2010. But I right. called them both like goddamn national treasures, and and I don't know. It was weird. It's not the kind of thing you think would be fun to listen to or comforting, but it really was. And even though it was from seven years ago, it had everything to do with I think what you and I were talking about, like the fake news and the. And when how somehow the satirists like Samantha Bee and the sort of children of John Stewart, as it were, somehow get it right in a way or or make it. I, anyway, I, I I love that. That's not what I'm digging. I'm gonna tell you what I'm digging. All almost, right, almost didn't have one, but I'm digging uh, the mix CD I just got in the mail today from my buddy uh, Kevin Conaway. Okay, and I myself do uh, an annual <clears throat> mix CD where it's like stuff that's new for me that resonates with what I'm going through at the time. And I used to just do them for myself and then I started to share them. And then when I developed a music mailing list, because it was music, I would send them out that way. And um, I met Kevin through playing music and he started making the mixes as well. And I, and not that it's a competition by any means, because honestly, mine's such a private like ex- exercise in just finding a home for songs that I want to remember and, Right. But he makes the best mixes. <laughs> really? Uh, yeah, I mean, like year to year, every time. And he he started calling them mix albums. And oh, it's all... Um, some of the people I've heard of, but usually the songs I haven't heard. So, the, so the, it's a lot of times it's new music for me. And because it's all 
unfamiliar. It's I don't know. It's like getting a soundtrack album to a movie. No, it's that's not even it either. It feels like an album from an artist. Like it's yeah. They have this wonderful kind of arcs and flows and transitions, and he and I have this different enough taste in music that he that I get to hear new things, but a similar enough taste in music that I usually like can appreciate most of what I hear or like it. Yeah, yeah. So I I think he gives them to anyone who wants them. This year's is called "The Truth We Believe In," and um, he's on. uh, um, You can find him online uh, at I think KevinConwayMusic.com. Uh, he's also a musician, uh, so spelled C-O-N-A-W-A-Y, Conway. And he's on the Twitter as well. I went there. Though I got to say, it was a little heartbreaking to see his, this is like one of those Jerome things, <laughs> but his avatar, he has got like a little caricature, kind of like your WPLMR guy from back in the yeah. day, kind of yeah. a two-color deal. But it's got the Chief Wahoo feather, which I know he doesn't intend to be purple <coughs> to anyone. Yeah. But it bummed me out. So, Kevin, if you hear this, I'm sure that'll bum you out. But maybe we can talk about it sometime. <laughs> um, but God damn it, the, the, the mix isn't amazing. I, I don't even know. Like, I send him feedback, and he sends, uh, he'll send like liner notes that say how he came to the song and why. He, some little bit about the band. Anyway, I, I'm on my first listen, but I can't wait to listen again. And it's it's rare that um, it's probably you know it's probably been since like the days where your WPMR mixes were mixes on cd yeah that i've liked somebody's yeah. contributions as much as i do his so so yeah if that if that's intriguing to you um look him up tell him take that feather off his cap. <laughs> <laughs> jesus but tell him <laughs> no tell tell, tell him, him that tell him steve dave tell him steve dave tell him i think he makes the best mixes around so that's what i've been yeah. digging um you got any any picks in general i pick your goddamn well, shirt actually, by the way <laughs> market oh yeah zero. The, my mark of my market zero yes. shirt <laughs> sorry go ahead a one walter sobachek drew a firearm during league play he's fragile it's very fragile <laughs> i did not know that dude um <clears throat> so um my so my pick actually might kind of lead into and this is this is going to help like speed up that timeline uh my pick might lead into a little bit of a king corner so let's just play that let's just lead into that uh we'll play the intro music into that now roll it moto honey come on over here sugar buns this machine just called me an asshole So here's my pick, um, and I got this idea today, and it was really fucking sweet, and uh, I'm kind of excited for it. So um, you remember me saying that there is something along the lines of Stephen, you can make a Stephen King short story for $5 oh, in yeah. a movie. Dollar baby. As, uh, like. Yeah, you like send him a dollar or five dollars or however much it is and a copy of the movie, but then you can just make adapt one of his short stories into a movie. Yeah. 
So, and then we had made the comment, like, we should do that. And like, that sounded like a good idea, but I want to take it a different step. So you love audiobooks. I love audiobooks. Mm-hmm. What if we adapted one of Stephen King's short stories into like a radio drama and put Whoa, that out like via cool. the podcast? Oh, I like um, that. Uh, and th- there was a, uh, I used to have, I'll have to see if I can find it. Cause it was like, it was so cool. Cause it was almost like this 1950s B movie, uh, style. Uh, it was called like 3d sound was, it, it was recorded in 3d sound and, um, it was, it was something to create the, a, a 3d environment with two channel audio. And uh, it was basically like a dramatization of the mist. Um, and I used I used to have that for so long, and it I would not be surprised if it was in a box downstairs in my basement. But I I'll need to see if I can find that in one way or another and send that to you and let you listen to it just so you can see along the lines of what I was thinking. Yeah, no, uh, I've definitely heard of radio dramas. Yeah, um, so I mean. But just like taking a short story and adapting it into a script, um, I thought of even we, uh, because we talked about it so much and it's a short story, uh, doing our own radio drama version of uh, Maximum Overdrive, (gasps) a.k.a. Trucks. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Can you imagine? I wonder if that has like the shitty dialogue and stuff. I don't know. I hope so. But know. we could, I mean, it's an adaptation, so we could yeah, add things. We could, we could do whatever we wanted with it, really, uh, because it's an adaptation. Oh, but. my God. Because I remember when uh, I was putting that episode together or picking the clips to go at the beginning, there's just yeah. so many things, like, just to hear lines spoken aloud, like, you want to yeah. rock yeah. and roll me, puss bag? And, like, I hate this. Never seen any hero with an ass in, his air, <laughs> ass in the air like that before. We <laughs> Oh, last week where the bride and I were driving home, we listened to like yeah. 80s music when we drive in the car together. And yeah. uh, it came on with the introduction as the title track from the soundtrack of Stephen King's directorial debut. And it came on. I have no idea what the that's lyrics awesome. are, but it's the theme song for our segment and from that uh, movie. So it's, every, it's awesome. in the air. That's, that's, that's inspired. I, I think that'll be a lot of fun. I mean, how fun would that be? We write a little script and we do like the voice acting and get our wives to do like the women begrudgingly. And uh, <laughs> I'm uh, sure I'm sure Moto will be in too, uh, and he he'll have access to certain kind of archetypes in his world yeah. as well. That's um, too but fun. One, that was one of my favorite things for the first round of doing WPLMR when I was doing. I had just as much fun uh, recording and editing the sketches together mm. as i did doing the actual show that's right um, and like, like piecing together with the sound effects and all that different stuff and uh really making it making them good uh you were in one of my favorite <laughs> my favorite sketch really uh, from that round of wplmr uh you're in it and it's the <clears throat> uh the zedco product uh the distractinator the flaming puppy so that <laughs> do you remember that one is that the uh, one where i was like a vaguely racist like mexican mexican or that- <laughs> yeah and uh 
It's always good. The whole point. The whole, so uh, on WPLMR, I had this. It was like they were Zedco products. It was like that was like the running theme. Every episode was sponsored by a different Zedco product. Yeah. And uh, this episode that Dave was on was the Zedco product was the Distractinator, which is basically uh, for all those times that you ever wanted to masturbate in public, <laughs> but were afraid to get caught. You, it's this mechanical puppy that you light on fire to distract people because nobody's going to notice you masturbating when there's a puppy on fire. Uh, and so that was the sketch. If I could find the raw audio, if I could find a mix down of that sketch, I will send that to you. I, I mean, I have the MP3 thing. Okay. I remember, I've been after you about the uh, the wave versions, but in this in the interim... Yeah. I could I could dig that up and we could post it on one of our platforms. Yeah. We might have to do an intro for it. Like we'll listen to it and see how much we need to apologize for. Because I remember oh, when yeah. the bride it's, heard it, she was like, like, "Are you really, kidding me? With that accent? Yeah, that's really bad. Yeah, the accent. Like, but it's every so time fun. I play that for somebody too. Like, so the, like the person who listens to it is like, is he trying to be Mexican? Yeah. Like, yes. What is he? An yes, asshole? He is. Yes. Yeah. He no, didn't know any better at the time. He's, he's not an written. asshole. <laughs> Yeah, he's from Ritman. He's a weirdo from Ritman. I did change the bio to that. I, get I the saw that. Kick out it's of it. awesome. <laughs> it's awesome. I yep. mean, it's really true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, In all the good and bad ways. Absolutely. No. Um. So that was my that was my pick right now that I'm really excited about was uh, it was just this epiphany that hit me like. You know, like we need another side project, but I, I just think that would be fun to piece Absolutely. together and kind of like, you know, put this 30 minute to six hour audio drama <laughs> uh, together that just um, kind of embraces our love for Stephen King. And, you know, we could do it with his short. I, I would have to look into what the what the um, real credentials are or the real requirements are of it but um i'm yeah. sure that there's got to be a way that we could do it and it wouldn't be a problem yeah so, i mean i would imagine if if the freedom is there for a movie that it would be there for a an audio version thereof what you got there uh ice cream melted ice cream. oh now, but... that's great <laughs> that's yeah. excellent there it is yes um i like that it was I, the last like little sips I think we should there. definitely do that. Um, let's see what else before we bring in our, our guests who will no doubt have some hand in making that sound amazing. Um, how are your smoking stats? Uh, smoking stats. <clears throat> While I'm opening this up, what are you listening to right now for Stephen King? Because you finished The oh, Stand, right? I did finish The Stand. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that too. I am. I'm taking a slight break to uh, to listen to the boss. Oh, that's right, because you're uh, listening to uh, Bruce Springsteen, which has been great autobiography. Um, yeah, and uh, and I've also like I put the director's commentary for Cyborg on a thing and listened to that in the car and all that. So I have wow. been listening to um, Stephen King, but I did get the Stand movie from the library. Oh. Okay. Um, which <laughs> I, I, I'm so glad to be talking to you and to be having this evening. Cause I kind of had, I needed a win today because the last, well, I did have a win. I had a few losses. One of which was, uh, I arrived at the library to pick it up. I found out it came in today. I'm like, Oh great. It's the weekend. It came yeah. in. Uh, I'm sure I'll be able to get started on it. Uh, at some point, 
even though <laughs> I got a four hour podcast edit by Monday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I got there to, and I go and I go to open the door and it was six o'clock on the dot and they had closed locked. And I was like, you motherfuckers. Oh, son of a bitch. Um, oh, light it on fire terrible. like the trash can, man. And I was like, well, that would burn my the DVD in there that I want. So, Sibala, <laughs> Sibala, boom to boom. Yes, I'm glad you said that because that's the one regret I had about the stand show because our stand show was pretty like rushed ultimately. But I actually remember yeah. feeling pretty satisfied about the few bits of like stuff that I wanted to impart. I felt. After we were done and I was like going on to whatever it was I was trying to do, thinking like, did we really cover the stand? Like, did we talk about the stand enough for our stand show? Uh, but if you feel like we did, that's good. Well, we can um, definitely talk about it more when I watch the movie, maybe just because. Oh, yeah. No, and I think that's fine, too. Um, more condensed version. Yeah, no, because uh, the guy that does the trash man, trash can man in the movie adaptation uh is another great character actor. I can't think of his name. He passed away this last year. Oh my God. Uh, if it's Leon Rippy, I'm going to freak out because I literally thought to myself, you know, it'd be a great trash can man, Leon Rippy. I think that's his name. And I feel like it might be because I think he might have passed away. If I'm wrong, I'm going to cut it out. <laughs> Leon Rippy. I know he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so it's not him. Shit. Wait. Oh, no, that, no. Uh, Let's see here. All right, I don't want to see the whole cast, so you look at it and tell me. Fuck, I was so excited to be right about that. Matt Fuhrer. Oh, I don't know who that is. God damn it. R-E-W-E-R. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm looking oh, forward he's to not seeing dead. He's not dead either. Because <laughs> he doesn't have a death date on IMDb either. Uh, see, life is no, well, it's better to know the truth, I guess, but. He's going to be in oh, Leon Rippey's in Firestarter. Oh, yes. So what's next for me? Going to watch The Stand eventually or soon. Yeah. But is uh, The Dead Zone, which I could not find through the entire like Minnesota library system on the audiobook. So I was hoping you had it on MP3 in a way that you could share. Um, I think I do, actually. I will. Uh, I, let me let me take a look and see what I can find. And okay. then because uh, we wanted to do. A uh, book club. On yeah, that, maybe right? listen Let's... listen at the same time because you have so much driving time right now. Yeah. Uh, no, I totally dig that idea, and I think that would be something awesome to coordinate with listeners if they wanted to. Oh, maybe like hop I on, like find on an audio. Yeah, like find yeah. an audio version of their own, or even the the book version. I mean, they still could read it. Yes. Um, and just kind of interact. Like maybe if we did like a three episode. Like we we like themed three different episodes as we go through the dead zone, and then yeah. it would get kind of give this like this book like you know listeners could read that book and then kind of will like title the episode so they know what parts of the book it covers. Yeah, that's a um, great idea. That's a really great idea. I didn't I didn't carry the book club thing that far in my brain last time when you brought it up. That's yeah, wonderful. That, uh, that's okay. I have been uh, so, corresponding with some listeners. I mean, there are still people we know. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, one that you don't, though, um, about kind of possibly being on, and they're thinking about what they would like to talk about, like movies and stuff. And so, yeah, there's some coming down the pike, and maybe when we get to the point of uh, 
where people are listening to the same books as us, we'll have some uh, commonalities to discuss. That's such a oh, great absolutely. idea. You're on fire, man. Audio yeah. dramas, book clubs. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying, <laughs> you know. Well, well what, how about your smoking? How's that? Okay, smoking. Smoking. I have not had a cigarette or any form of tobacco. For 228 days, 13 hours, and 11 minutes, I have not smoked 3,885 cigarettes. I've saved a total of $1,165.60. And boom, 2,191,000 people have died of tobacco-related deaths and illness since I quit smoking. Shit. That, I don't like that being the last one. <laughs> the last I number. <laughs> Maybe I should start at the top. <laughs> or and just like, like uh, yeah, let's start with that. I don't know. It's yeah, just, start with it that be one. Like the, what's then, the one that you like most? It's or the one that impressed you the most. It's the number not smoked, right? Yeah, the amount of cigarettes that I haven't smoked since I quit. I mean, that's like 3,800 cigarettes. Like, that's a lot of cigarettes. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's 20 in a pack. So, let's, just, I mean, let's, um, if we go 3,800 divided by 20, that's 190 packs of cigarettes. Jesus. Like, that's that's disgusting. And if we do, there's 10 packs in a carton. That's 19 cartons. 19 is a Dark Tower number, by the way, Mm. for all you Dark Tower fans. I'm excited. I think we should definitely try out this book club thing with the Dead Zone and see how it works. Yeah. yeah. Because we should book totally book club the Dark Tower series, like the whole Dark Tower series. Oh, yeah. I think we could. I think it's easily book (laughs) clubable. Is that a thing? <laughs> All of it, we really. We just made it one. Because yeah. we know yeah, if yeah. people are listening, then they know like where we're at. I mean, tweet about it and stuff about what's in this week's King Corner, and then we'll start to tweet. I'll start to tweet about the book club, and you can as well. And then yeah. we might be more careful about, we would do spoilers for people involved in the book club. Because generally we, right. I mean, because we have so few listeners, I've never heard from someone like, you spoiled this great thing for me as, we're about, as we talk about. And we're <laughs> usually really good about spoiling either small independent stuff that isn't, it, it's not going to deter people from seeing it or we're spoiling stuff that's like decades old that it doesn't yeah. really matter anyways. So, yes, no, it's very uh, rarely new stuff. <laughs> yeah. We're about to spoil the shit out of Cyborg for all the people that, oh, that have, have at this from this point. All I wonder if I can sell it to anyone. Like- <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Palmer's shaking his head like, dude, <laughs> let's just not do it. <laughs> Tell Brian. <laughs> they should really reserve judgment until we get to discussing the crucifixion scene. Yes. Oh man. Okay. So like congratulations on your um your your stats, of course. That's, right. Uh, I take it for granted, but that's only, but I shouldn't do that. A, I know. And uh, two, it's impressive. I, I've never yeah. quit anything that's hard to quit. Well, it, um, it's really to the point now that I'm just not, it's not, it's, it's almost like a non thing. Like I will think about having a cigarette. There has been, 
there was like last week or the week before there was a couple times a couple days in a row where it was just like I just kept going back to smoking and I'm like why in the hell are you doing that and uh and it was like almost as soon as I call it out it just goes away then you know it's like, cool is it, <clears throat> it is absolutely mesmerizing uh what your brain is capable of doing to get what it wants like how it's able to trick you into getting it what it wants and, and because uh, what you really want is to not smoke yeah, well, I I mean I want to not smoke. My brain really wants the nicotine because it ah. it it likes the way that nicotine makes it feel. And so, I mean it, it like like here's another fascinating thing that um your brain will do. Uh um people who are addicted to um uh why can't I think of opiates, right? Like uh oxycodone or any of those which you know just about anywhere i feel like is having their own troubles and tribulations right now with that stuff um but it, you know people who end up who start that addiction with uh a, an injury like let's say a back injury and then they take that medication to get through the back injury and the back injury gets repaired and fixed mm -hmm. their but their brain will actually still create the pain so that it keeps getting the oh, pills like i hadn't heard that like the doc, is that like the phantom doctor, pain or that's something else yeah like that's a, i i don't know if that's what the technical term is but that's essentially what it is like like the doctor has done everything that he needs to do to repair this person but their brain is still turning on nowhere in pain nowhere in pain nowhere in pain to get the pain medication wow I mean, that's like, that's messed up, yeah. right? Like super messed up. So, but you, so, wait, you feel like your, how do you feel like your body is, or brain is tricking you for the better or for the worse right now? Um, so like my, my brain will focus on something and be like, oh, that thing would cause you to want to smoke before. So you should, when you're getting gas, you should just go in and buy a pack of cigarettes. Mm. Like, and that, and that thought will be as crystal clear as that yep. in my head. Yep. Like, and, and I have gone since the 4th of July of 2016, and it is the 17th of February, 2017. I have gone all that time not buying a pack of cigarettes. Like that has not been a part of my routine, <clears throat> but it is that simple that I like I could get in a fight with Ash and get in the car to go to work or be on my way home from work. And because we had that fight that like stuck in my craw and my brain will fixate on that and use that as a way to weasel in. And then just as simple, like. It's not like I catch myself walk, like halfway to the door of the gas station to go buy a pack of cigarettes, but it's almost like I, I catch myself right before that would happen. Yeah. And I would like phantom walk in, you know, and Whoa. just buy with off of muscle memory, buy cigarettes. Yeah. But it's like I catch myself and it's like. Like my brain's just like, okay, and you just filled up your tank and you got all that gas. Oh, don't forget, you got to go in and get those cigarettes. And it's like, 
no, you don't. Like, why are you thinking? And then it's like, as soon as I do that, my brain's just like, fuck, and like stops. <laughs> Whereas before it used to be like nagging. And then I would like, then it's like all of that internal struggle would shift to that, where it would just be the internal struggle of, should I buy a cigarette? Should I not buy cigarettes? Yeah. Now it's like just the one time of like calling it out is enough that I, I can move on by it. The problem is, is then like that week that that happened every time I had to stop for gas, which is like every other day that I had to stop for gas, my brain would try a different point in that routine. Oh, wow. I would just like sneak in and now it's time to go in and buy a pack of cigarettes. And I'd be like, nope, no, it's not. And like, I would have to have that like actual conversation in my brain uh, to keep from buying the cigarettes. And it's just like, that to me is just like, it's weird to me. It's not like discouraging. It's not like, when is that ever going to stop? It's like, I don't think it ever is going to. And as long as I can still be like, nope, you don't have to do that now. Yeah. I'll be okay. Uh, it just blows my mind that, you you know, I, I, I know I've said it before. Like I've talked to people that haven't smoked for 25 years. And when I ask them if they still think about it, they say they think about it every day, you know? Yeah. Um, it's like a little triumph I, too. Cause it, cause it is like, it, it, this, like this, te- like the dark man is like telling you what to do and you're like, fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. You go fuck yourself. Yeah. Sit and spin, buddy. I'm going to yeah. not smoke. And he's like, I'm get- I was like, yeah. Vol- or like Voldemort. That's my Voldemort. I think it's pretty good if you're in person. That was a good one. That was a good Voldemort. <laughs> I saw it. That. I liked it. Yeah. It's a sound. It's a, it's like a visual thing. But yeah, it's nice. You yeah. like literally beat your, de- like you, your demon confronts you and then you're like, yeah. like fuck off. <laughs> and then you go yeah, about your it, day. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's just weird. That's the only way I can describe it. It just like, but it just weasels its way. It's like, you just know how you have that like internal dialogue of thought. Right. And everybody's voice, I think internal voice is different and that dialogue sounds different, but whatever it is, there's just a flow. It's like this, it's like the white noise of a fan on that's just going on in your brain. Yeah. Right. Um, and it's all kinds of stuff like, Oh, those shoes look pretty or, um, man, she's got really big boobs or, (laughs) Oh, I got to remember to walk the dog when I get home and these are the things that I need to pick up for dinner and all that stuff's like running on background. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, just to have it just like sneak in there. And then you interrupt like, it and like, you kind of answer Yeah, but in a way, like they say, like, you know, the crazy, like people, crazy people, it's like hear voices, but then they answer, but that's not really a good analogy in general, but here no. too, like, it's really cool that you can, it's like the, I've never heard it broken down that way. It makes it all yeah. the more impressive. So very cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, all right, let's get Moto on here because oh, here's yes. Well, here's I have the one, rule I'm setting out. The rule okay. I'm setting out is we cannot talk longer than this movie about this movie. <laughs> that seems like a very good uh, rule. Of th- and I think we should start a timer. And actually, okay, that, that's you, fine. I, I will start a timer. I'll do you one better even. Oh, shoot. I set this up wrong. <laughs> I was going to make it sound like a bad thing. I'm like, we could do... We can do that, but we got to do the director's cut. 
but actually the director's cut is four minutes shorter <laughs> than the <laughs> 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 um, no uh, what here's what i'll give you i'll give you 90 minutes that seems we'll fair take 90 minutes okay but before we do that the last segment and actually it, it worked out in a bizarrely uh serendipitous way as i was choosing these is the this week's installment of shit the bride says all right let's hear it so i roll that whole deal um so we're still back i chose four again i think four is probably a good number um, so we're back in 2010, uh, Monday, August 9th at 9.56 p.m. She says, this is dickish behavior. Do you know how to deal with dickish behavior like that? You flick it in the balls. <laughs> and then, uh, and then, oh, this is she the same She is night. so fucking metal. Like, just <laughs> so goddamn oh, yeah. metal. And it's not, they're not empty threats. Is the, is the <laughs> No. <laughs> Not nope. Well, you know she no. hates metal unless it's White Lion. <laughs> yeah, it, she's just like she just is like a bruiser. Like you know, like she, she just is. like she just like got her arms out like like Popeye, and she, she just like walks <laughs> yeah. fast. She does, and just like just always has this look like <laughs> I am ready. It's not like. Do you want to fight? It's, <laughs> we gonna <it's>, fight. <laughs> do you want your ass kicked? Like that's the look on her face. Like I, I am always ready to kick ass. That's true. And if it's yours, London, we can do that. I guess that's the look on her face. I just today I asked her to pick up a, a particular toner for me at Target if she went, and then instead of like saying sure no problem or whatever she goes. She says, um, actually, she doesn't even say, well, wait, no, that spoils something else. I'll, I'll share that later. Anyway, so the next one, later that night, 9.58. Maybe I was playing catch up here. Maybe it wasn't truly that night. Um, she says, I know things about people that allow me to dismiss them outright. Oh, fuck. I said, uh, so this is on finding out Sylvester Stallone endorsed John McCain. Then she says, I know things about people that allow me to dismiss them outright. And then, so basically she, she finds out that, that Sylvester Stallone is a Republican, which in her mind is like, she, he, he's on the wrong team. He's a bad guy. He's a bad hombre. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so she says, and then so right after that, she goes, so she's looking through this list. She has this list of like who contributed money to these campaigns. She still looks at these lists, by the way. But <laughs> she yeah. goes, then she follows up with, I didn't know I could dismiss Robert Duvall. I'm pleased. <laughs> uh, okay. And then lastly, uh, at 10 p.m., simply Jean-Claude Van Damme can suck on my butt. <laughs> That's who we're dealing uh. with. Oh, and actually that plays beautifully into the text she sent me today when I asked her to get me. So that was, that was seven years ago. And then just today, I ask her to get me printer tonage. She sends me a picture of Nathan Fillion's naked bottom and Firefly. And she says, when I say suck a butt, this is the one I'm referring to. <laughs> I, don't know if you can, I don't know if you can see it. Probably not. Oh, yeah. There's Nathan Fillion's butt. That's crazy how all that falls together. So what together. kind of toner is this? Like printer toner? I have, I have or like, like skin it's toner? Pr it's printer toner. And I have like a okay, kind of a professional toner. grade printer. So it's a weird, long... 
You know, it's yeah. So she's just like, no, I'm not getting that. But what's weird is like the reason I didn't Wait, read. She the, just doesn't want to get it because of the dimensions. It is. It's just kind of. I don't know. Who knows? I, yeah. <laughs> I was going to set her off. Oh, I mean, she's. It's all in good fun. She was being funny. But what I didn't read the text initially <laughs> is because she says, "When I say suck a butt, this is the one I'm referring to." And I realized, well, she didn't refer to that. But yeah. what's especially weird is the the tweet that I chose from ten years ago. Or seven years ago, led right Says into suck it. suck a butt. JCVD Girl. can suck my butt. Speaking of which, let's get into this JCVD movie by yeah, ringing up on here. the only other person who likes JCVD. As soon as I see Moto, I'm starting the timer. <laughs> okay. We may have a little bit of No, because we got to do introductions with Moto. But we might have a little bit of just like, because he says he's online, but I don't really see him online. So, all right. So, let's try this. Maybe he hides. Uh-oh. Uh oh, we might have somebody. Oh, a guest my has joined. So, since they're on, you can't see them just yet. Hello? I don't think the, the, um, oh, I heard oh. something. Oh. Hello. <laughs> Holy <laughs> the fuck. <laughs> Holy fuck. Look at what is going on in the USA? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, my gosh. Photo, uh, how's it going, man? Fucking great. Fucking great, man. Good to see you guys. <laughs> you look fantastic. <laughs> Well, hey, I've been hanging out is in this... Jersey. Been doing some tours, you know. Lots of singing. Yeah, I thought we had a. Are we were supposed to talk to my my brother? Did I do the wrong address? Oh, this is Maplewood, is it? This Ma is Jersey Maplewood. Maplewood. I do his sound, man. Oh my God, the yeah. Tommy Maplewood. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, you can put me up there with. Uh, some bushes, um, some Stanley bushes, but hey, I'm made of maple wood. Holy fuck. I love your singing on our theme song. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I, I, I made that up on the toilet. It was one of those, <laughs> one of those moments, you know. It just Did came you out. recorded it on the toilet? <laughs> no, it's, it's idea. That's the idea place. That's where you get ideas. There's good oh. acoustics there. That's true. Yeah. On the toilet. Is it sounding? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So wow. I know, you probably can't it's see. It's an honor. It is an honor. Oh, thank you. It's an honor to be on the show. I've got a strap shirt on. You know. Oh, we got a strap shirt. Oh, he's got the strap shirt yeah. on. The strap I stole shirt. this from Jack Burton in the eighties. Did you win it in a, in a in a what's that mahjong? What's that game they play? Did he try to like hit that bottle at you? Oh, Did yeah, you win it bullshit. in a card game? Yeah, that bullshit. I made that up. Right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I, I'm uh, I'm feeling good uh, dressed like this, so we can just continue as Moto. <laughs> <laughs> this is absolutely fantastic. I can't believe it took this long for this to happen. Hey, wow, I don't even know where to start to... Um, I don't even know where to start. My record explaining label. all this. <laughs> <laughs> so this is I will I so I will introduce. So this is my my brother. <laughs> He's talking to us from Ohio. He does Moto. Yes, yo, yo. known as Yellow Moto Mark. or Tommy Maplewood is his musical alter ego when he sings our theme song at the end of the show. He also Absolutely. plays the music that you hear at the beginning of the show. Oh yeah, and uh, and he does a great job of taking out all of that like. Fat guy breathing that I do in the <laughs> microphone. Yeah, what is the new is, mic? 
Yeah, this is this is it. This is the new mic. It, it's Sennheiser. I'm always curious. Um, no, it's Audio. Okay, yeah, Ohio company. Yeah, Audio Technica. Um, jeez, big what's box. The model number. The model number is somewhere on here. Oh, there we go. The ATR twenty one hundred. Excellent. Excellent. Yep. I was always curious what the last one was. I just because I'm weird like that. And the last one is um, this guy right here. Yeah, it is a is so unique. Um, it has this really cool dial so that you can like it will it will sound like different types of microphones. So like that one right there is the like ribbon mic setting. Oh no shit! And as you dial that in, it'll change the cardoid so that it like it mimics different. Yeah, it, mim- it mimics different mics. That is awesome. I, I I looked. I was like, what is that mic? Because I've seen some pictures on Twitter. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's a CAD. A CAD. Let me look at the model number. I, I can tell you. Because I did the. That's a CAD M179. Love these numbers. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that that was my old mic, which that one, um, you have to like, you have to use phantom power on that one. Yeah, so like okay. it just picked up everything like mouse farts in yeah. the neighbor's house. <laughs> I, I and, set up. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I had some dogs barking earlier today. I was doing some sound stuff and uh, actually used the old TV box and put a blanket behind me. <laughs> <laughs> a little yep. dampening from the uh, window. And then I've got some sound isolation over here just trying to help with any farts, loud farts that might happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know how that goes. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so, it's, uh, it's, it's like I always get like farty when I record. <laughs> I think I, I don't know if it's like I get nervous or what, but I, I yeah. was, uh, I've got plenty of uh, bruise for today. But that, oh, I yeah. Started. Oh, yeah. I'm ready Let's for do a, another. another. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Let's do um. So let's do a little screen grab. Brian, Brian, make some. When we do this, I need. Yeah, he's drinking natty. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> he's drinking natty. That's so awesome. <laughs> well, it tastes great. I mean, if it's if this is gone, I'll drink still reserve. Actually, this is just a little smoother. Still reserve just got more nuts. <laughs> nuts. Hold it up for <laughs> us. Hold it closer to your face. Sit up tall. I yeah, can't. I, this I'm not is good all at Hollywood this. bullshit. Okay. I'm never taking a selfie. Well, you, <laughs> technically, that wasn't a selfie. I took it for you. But okay, let's oh, all crack it on three. How about that? All right. I, so yeah, we'll do it on three. What did, what did Martel and Riggs always do? I don't think they ever could decide. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so in that, okay. one, two, three. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Where the I hell were you, man? <laughs> oh. Well, guys, it's All great right. to be on the show. I, uh, I've uh, been happy to work. It's so good to have you. It, like, Moto, you have no idea. And it warms my heart that, oh. like, I get to, like, say, I still get to call you Moto, at least for this episode. Fuck yeah, no, I, I if like you Moto. Pick, yeah, if you want to pick a new alias, I totally understand. But, like, Brian and I, um, so I did WPLMR by myself first, and that fizzled out. I wanted to start it up again and kind of do just like a talk show type thing. And uh, I, at the time, was kind of dating their sister, Dave and, and uh, Moto's sister. And uh, 
it just all worked out that like we all got together and we just did this podcast. And that was like, we didn't do very many episodes, but man, was it fun. It was just a bunch of us like getting in a room and miking up the room. Oh my gosh. I, I think I was drinking like a lot and talking. I was like you and the uh, Palmer's fix from WCTV where I was like, come on guys. Like we, we can do this. <laughs> Everyone yeah, else kind of yeah. fizzled. So it, but oh, that was yeah, a lot that of would, fun. It was, it was a good time, but that's where Moto came from. Cause we all kind of had aliases. Cause even back then, it was just like just plausible deniability. If we could just maintain some level of plausible deniability, <laughs> I went so. a little nuts. I'll try to behave myself today in my birthday. No, oh, no. please don't. No, you're fine. Well, and yeah, really, like, of all of us, wait till you hear the <laughs> Moto wait, has like, got the least, like the least sort of authority uh, that could come down on him. He's like he's a he's like a sovereign nation. Oh, look at that goddamn yeah. hair. Like, I mean, for yeah. instance, oh my gosh, that hair is so fantastic. <laughs> Where's my truck? <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh. Um, and you know, it's interesting too. There's one, I've been working through this kind of archiving process and I'm sure that'll, cont- now that we're making stuff, it's harder to work on. So that'll probably take a back seat for a while, but eventually there's going to be this giant library of stuff of which I hope, you know, the PLMR, um, th- they'll cool. exist, you know, in these places, yeah. but there's this one episode that would never, never got completed or published. And it was the only episode of that second iteration that I was on. Um, oh, that was the Thanksgiving way. episode, right? That yeah. was like the episode that it all went down. Oh, no well, shit. yeah, so, so we'll, we'll try, you know, we'll, we'll see if it can be something released to the public. But my alias on that show, in honor of tonight's, the star of the show tonight that we'll be discussing was Frankie, as in put up the Dukes, Frank Dukes. <laughs> like a Dukes, right? Oh, G- man. <laughs> yeah. JCVD's character in Bloodsport. And so awesome. uh, we brought Brian on. Uh, oh, shoot. We brought. God damn it. <laughs> we bought. Uh, and there was another uh, Brian when Palmer was talking. So we'll need to get that if we didn't. Whoever already. Um, we oh, brought Moto right. on t- tonight, actually, because we had been. Cyborg has come up in most <laughs> episodes <laughs> since our first long walk, short drink. Seriously. In- yeah. <laughs> and can I just say that uh, my original pitch for Cyborg was that we were going to treat it because it had gotten to the point that <laughs> it we it would we always ran out of time for Cyborg and it uh but we always had enough time to mention that we ran out of time for Cyborg yeah. like Matt Damon. Uh so <laughs> yeah, like Matt Damon, just like Matt Damon yeah. on uh, the Jimmy the Jimmy Kimmel show. So, uh, my vote was we treat Cyborg as that. That just became the long walk, short drink, running gag that we just never had time to get to Cyborg. Um, but I totally like scrapping that idea as an excuse to get Moto on the show. So, um, even even though I had to sit through. Cyborg. That's the real reason it never happened in the meantime. Because yeah. I was always like, I'll watch, I'll watch Cyborg. So uh, I was always watching these movies, like you know, reasonable movies, like Turbo Kid or something that he knew I would enjoy. <laughs> and my recommendation to him was Cyborg. Yeah. So I was uh, like, well, and that was the funny thing is like I'm so excited to watch anything. My, I mean, my philosophy has always been like every movie's worth watching, right? Yeah. But anytime it actually would come down to the nitty gritty about me watching Cyborg, <laughs> oh. Dave would be like, oh, I really don't know. I really don't yeah. really think you're going to like this movie. Which it's so terrible. It just like that didn't help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I've, so that I've didn't heard, help at all. I heard the episode with you and um, shoot, it's the bride and then it's Ash. 
and Dash, uh, yeah, in the process of picking out movies. So I can understand. Oh that. yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, Mono, uh, did you hear? Did you hear the? Because you do the behind the scenes, like you make us sound decent. Yeah. Um, I mean, not 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 like good human beings. That's questionable. <laughs> but you make us sound our volumes sound healthy and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, sounds. Yeah. Uh, now, did you hear this discussion of like, oh, we'll just never get to it? Oh, yeah. That's why I, I'm protesting. Yeah. Because we heard right. from him. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, you're going to talk about Cyborg. Yeah. We're going to force We're gonna force this issue. If I'm going to listen This disjointed, to zero exposition. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme might say eight syllables in the entire oh. movie. Okay. And this, this is where I go. This is something I noticed. Um, his, whenever he didn't talk, he was a better actor or like he was better at emoting, um, you know, and like, oh gosh, I mean, I don't know where to jump into it, but let's talk about before we get into the movie itself, just because Jean-Claude Van Damme has been such a topic of conversation. And this is a very bizarre way to get into this man's like filmography. Yeah. Yeah. And which is, Um, that's cool. Let's set up a little bit. I'll, I'll just tell the briefest thing that I can think of from my mind about who he what he is and who where he was in his career at that point. We can talk maybe about how he he was in our house and then and, and uh we'll go from there. I promise we'll be I don't even have notes for this. So I just do I'll just yeah. do a little bit from memory. I do have tons of notes, but I don't remember it. So he um was born October 18th, 1960. He's from Belgium. He's the son of a an accountant and a florist. I think his dad's a florist and his mom is an accountant. Hmm. He's a very. He's got a sister who recently wrote a book that you can't get in America, which kills me. About him, <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a biography. My brother. It's like my brother Jean Claude or something. Like that. Oh wow! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like your dream book, but I can't get it. But you can't get it. It's I like a nightmare. You. Yeah, it literally says not available in America. I'm like, <laughs> okay, but anyway, so um, you can see the muscles from Brussels. Yes, the muscles from Brussels. <laughs> but as a child, the muscles from Brussels was a very skinny kind of. Uh, he was a very skinny, small kid, and uh, his dad enrolled him into karate to just kind of, I don't know why, to help him get along around age ten or so. And then I think by age eighteen, he'd earned a, a black belt and was starting to compete. Uh, and was on like the Belgian, I don't know if it was like the Olympic, it was some kind of Belgian national team. And uh, and he also, around that time or as a, as a kid, also got involved in ballet, uh, which he studied for five years. And there was this great quote where he says something about ballet being an art, but it also being like the hardest workout. I wonder if I could, f- that doesn't matter. Oh, he says, yeah, it's quote, it's an art, but it's also one of the most difficult sports. If you can survive a ballet workout, you can survive a workout in any other sport. Uh, wow. But, and then also he got into bodybuilding. So it's like this little kid kind of through these means grow in a love of movies, um, grew this dream of like wanting to be a movie star in, in Belgium. Um, he, he was actually super successful in Belgium. At, he opened a gym that he loved American movies and stuff. He opened a gym, <laughs> I think in his late teens or early 20s, that was called the California Gym. And just by the way, gotcha. this stuff is not on Wikipedia. I was hoping it would be. I, but uh, I'm shocked. Wow. One, <laughs> I'm shocked at how much of it I'm just remembering from hearing <laughs> him. Flash forward, flash forward six months from now, <laughs> Dave's going to be the third leading contributor to JCVD's <laughs> Wikipedia page, like editor. 
putting all these like these all need to be preserved on here. Yeah. So. The world needs to know about this this time when he started this gym when he was a teenager. God damn right, the Cal- California gym. So that's what it is. It's all in my head. Is this the California like, gym broken English accent? Mm-hmm. I don't have Wikipedia, but I do have oh, my two inch Van Dam binder. Look <laughs> at that thing. That uh, the bride will show to anyone who walks into our house to humiliate yep. me instantly. We, um, I told Ash, I like, Ash was like, So, why are you watching this movie? And I was like, Yeah, I was like, It's like one of the goals of the podcast is, is. I want to try to understand why Dave loves JCVD as much as he does. So and she's like, yeah, that's right. I was like, remember when we were at his house and he showed us the binder? I never show anyone like, the binder. She's like, oh, yeah. No, and that's I was the like, bride. She shows the binder. And I was like, and he made that when he was a teenage boy. Like, like she's beyond. like, yeah, that's weird. Well, that's, as, that's weird. as the bride is fine, fond of pointing out. The, the the final pages of it are not from that time when I was a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> this doesn't make it better, by the way. No, that no. means that we got in there when you were an adult. But we out. talked a little a little earlier before uh, Moto joined us about you know I got married young and divorced soon after, and when I had to move back into my parents' basement, um, I had a lot of time on my hands, and so I re I yeah. had to kind of make space for myself and clean out a lot of uh, stuff, and so I would I you know I came across this. Uh, folder I had of all the press clippings and stuff because when I first encountered J- I'm just going to call him JC as his friends do <laughs> okay <laughs> um, yeah. it was as like a 10 like a 9, 10, 11 year old boy <laughs> and uh, yeah and he was my hero and still kind of is uh, among others um, but uh, I'm looking at this emoji of him holding a rose that I <laughs> that's in my chat <laughs> oh my god okay so um, but so as a 24 year old, newly, uh, separated divorced person, I compiled all those clippings into a notebook. I made many notebooks at the time. Um, anyhow, I did not consult said notebook, but that notebook lives in my blood and that's where these facts come from. <laughs> so, that's so awesome. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so, um, California, so California gym. At some point, or and then I think he gets into some modeling. Oh, and bodybuilding. He went, I think, yeah. uh, competitively bodybuilt. So he's oh, this geez. like little skinny kid that grew up to like study and, and fight. He had a, he has a good record actually. If you do go to, because because it was so contested, like people are like he's not a real fighter or champion when he. So anyway, so if you go to his Wikipedia page, like his fight record is on there and stuff. And I think he lost five fights in like a ten year period and one. I don't know, sixty yeah. or something. But uh, when you fight, when you fight, you lose. I'm an MMA fan, and <laughs> that's you know, a great point. At one yeah. point in time, Von Dom like interrupted. He was like on TMZ telling everyone in MMA they don't know how to kick, and <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. Um, but that's inter- it was, so. It's interesting. This kind of combination of things is really fundamental to who he is as a. I I think to Cyborg in some ways more than anything else. Maybe not the ballet. But the thing, so, so we'll get to that. I'm just going to be honest with you. There we go. <laughs> JC is not the worst part of Cyborg. Oh, like, no, he's the best part. Of course. He is, no, there is like, yeah. he, he is the diamond in the rough of Cyborg. Yeah. Like, I would say the antagonist is so, just his appearance is so off-putting and not in, I don't mean that in a good way. Like he really like got into that character or like the. Uh the Thunder? you know the um 
casting agent really knew what she was doing or what they were doing, putting him in that role. Like he just, it's like a juxtaposition, like a walking juxtaposition in the movie. Like it just is, he's off, his appearance is off putting. I can actually tell you how, how they got to him. Um, but let me finish my brief bio and then we're going to start a timer. Because I All don't right. know if in case it, in case it gets cut out oh. in a little earlier, um, we didn't do that yet. Uh, let me pause it then. Oh yeah, but but I'm I'm actually quickly getting to where where we can start. No, you're fine. Palmer you're had fine. this great idea of we're only going to talk about Cyborg as long as the movie Cyborg lasts. Like so, it's an 86 minute movie, and I was yep. like, no, we're going to talk the director's cut, which sounds like it'd be more, but it's less. So what did you compromise on? 90 minutes. We'll just do 90 minutes. Okay, excellent. Plenty. That's funny. Thank yeah. you for watching it. <laughs> yes. Thank I, yeah. Um, but okay. we can't we can't turn this into a four hour long episode no, about no. an eighty minute long movie. Of course, like, no, we no, can't no, do that. no. Word. I'm doing great yeah. on the bio, by the way, in terms of how yeah. I feared. So, no, California you're doing, gym, you're doing awesome. You tell me when to, you're comfortable with me starting the timer, and we'll I'll, start. I'll get us up to speed <laughs> real quick. So, skinny kid goes up to be a, a, a com- competitive karate. Um, ch- uh, champion in Belgium, a a bodybuilding, a competitive body. I think competitive bodybuilder. I know there's pictures of him that look like he is. He's wearing. He may not have been a successful one, but he was he was a competitive one. Um. Uh, aspired to be in movies, did ballet and uh some modeling, and then um his love of movies and American movies starts as California gym, very successful. I think he's married twice before he leaves Belgium. Um, yeah, you know, and that is a mark of success. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but he was super successful. If you can afford two ex-wives, you know, that is a mark of success. He's married, Word. I think, uh, five women, uh, one twice. <laughs> so man, sucker. Um, but he uh, what a sucker. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, but he he has a successful gym, but he wants to have a career and he wants to be an actor in America. Yeah. And I, somehow or other, he has an encounter with someone in the, in the involved with movies in America. And they say, come to America. I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. Yeah. And um, based on this one interaction, he sells the gym and he and his uh, best friend, childhood best friend, uh, Michelle Kesey, who incidentally yeah. is Tom Poe uh, from kickboxer yeah. uh, moved to, America in 1982 to try to become stars. They get cast as like extras and breaking, but the, the, the breakdance movie, <laughs> which you can see yeah. like a great uh, gif of, of Jean-Claude, like kind of clapping and dancing like he does in, in kickboxer, <laughs> but, it's, uh, but it's in breaking. <laughs> and I think he's awesome. wearing like that one, like a onesie kind of wrestling outfit. <laughs> uh, I could be wrong about that, but anyway, yeah. so, but things are, when he gets here, that guy or whoever that connection was completely, fell through, dried up, and he's really scrounging to get by. So this guy that had very successful in Belgium is now living in his car, delivering <clears> pizzas, <throat> sometime having to steal to eat, um, just trying anything you can think of to get into the movie industry. At some point, he gets in front of Menachem, Menachem Golem, it, who we've talked about the Canon Films documentary, yeah. um, the the Golem Gol, Globus combo that is Canon Films <coughs> has had two feature films made about them in the last few years. One of which has this heartbreaking clip about from Jean Claude, the one that's not available. That maybe I'll kind of summarize or share. Anyway, he gets in front of him, and he because he he's just he's so desperate in these years, and he's like, "Remember me?" or, or something, or like, "I'm you know I can be a star." And he and then they're like, "Who? Oh, what?" And he's like. Uh, he changed his name. He was born 
Van Varenberg, and he adopted the name Van Dam, which I guess, anyway, but, so he, he's like, the guy, he's trying to get the guy's attention, so he throws a kick inches from the dude's head, he's like, Van Dam! <laughs> and the guy's like, okay! <laughs> Van Dam it! So he's like, come to my office, and then he did, he goes to the office, and he waits, and he waits, and he waits, and they won't see him, they won't see him, and then eventually, I think he has to, I think he... I don't know if I think he it's something weird. Like he sneaks into the Golan's office when the secretary is away for a moment. There's something kind of like he doesn't, they, I don't think they just let him in and he yeah. gets in there and then he's trying to talk to him and trying to, just oh trying to say, you know, like I can be, I can do this. I can do this. And this is the thing in that other documentary where he never really says, cause what he says, he's like, he goes in there, he shows off his muscles. He puts out the chair and does a split between the two chairs and, you know, these are the kind of cliff notes. And then and then Menachem is impressed. He's like, Karen, bring me blood sport. Bring me like as in bring me the script. But yeah, really, yeah. what he tells in this interview that was recent is that like the guy wasn't having it, not interested. And John Cole like breaks down and like sobbing and, and the guy has to come over and comfort him. And it's more of like this real pity thing. Um and in two thousand, in, in the last, I don't know, twenty years or so, he was diagnosed with bi- extreme like bipolar. So I think I might have a, I do have a one quick quote because I don't want to. That's something kind of serious. I don't want to speak too much for for the man. Um. Um. So in nineteen ninety eight, he was diagnosed bipolar, and on this wonderful, two thousand eleven. Uh, British reality show Jean-Claude Van Damme Behind Closed Doors which I bought a region-free DVD player to watch oh my god it's yeah. so great it's so great oh, wow. holy shit is it great um, he says anyway he says uh, sometimes you're gonna like me sometimes you're gonna hate me but what can I do I'm not perfect I'm an extreme bipolar and I'm always taking medication for this when I was young oh I should be doing the accent when I was young nah. I suffer from those mood swings in the morning the sky was blue when I was going to school, then me, the sky was black. I was so sad. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> he didn't know all this at the time, but he was just like so completely driven to try to get into the movie industry at all costs. He gets this chance with Bloodsport. They send him off to make this movie in Hong Kong with some, that's a real B picture. They bring it back. It's unreleasable. They're like, we're not, we can't release this. And he's like, just give me a chance. I'll recut the movie with the editors for free. Give me two months. Jean-Claude says this. Yeah. And Jean-Claude no works, works with the editor. A lot of it has to do with the music and uh, editing the fight oh, sequences. Yeah. And he re- oh, yeah. and they put together this thing that became a hit. And um, it, it, it uh, between Enter the Dragon and Bloodsport, it created MMA. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and Bloodsport is essentially a, a, a remake of Enter the Dragon in a lot of ways. Um, and it's supposedly a true story. And there's there's a lot of controversy over that. But... And but in any event, like he's he's a, he's this incredible presence in that movie, and this incredible athlete that combines these things. Like he's a bodybuilder, he's a a ballet uh, experienced ballet. So that so his movements are incredibly like fluid, and right. forgive me, but like <laughs> bad beer, but like poetic. Like it's, nobody moves like him, and so he he does these this violence with with this like incredible grace and beauty. Um, and charisma, and then you know he becomes a star. <laughs> this is fucking up. JCVD, is what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. It's what? No, I, mi- I missed it. No, no, I'm not it, crying. It's JCVD. That's what it is. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But so so he, so they they've got they've got this you know 
this guy now who's in their stable. So they, I think they Canon signs him to a bunch of movies. And so by the time Bloodsport comes out, he's already involved in stuff like Cyborg and Black Eagle and some of these movies. Like he could have, had he not signed a deal desperately, he could have probably gone on to like bigger things, but he was trapped by contract under for these like low budget stuff. Right. So that's the Jean Claude bio. I'm ready to, I can pivot right into the backstory of Cyborg unless we should talk about timers. Timer started. Okay. Timer started. Okay. Time started. I I think uh, his uh, bipolarness really fed into Cyborg because one of my favorite things about Cyborg is sort of like Nine Inch Nails, where there's the extreme heavy and then there's the the just just the quiet floating on the pond to extreme heavy, and uh, yeah. So he does that great. It, it, <laughs> uh, it I you know what that is totally accurate. Um, I I think one of the like one of the one of the really <laughs> off-putting things from this movie is just there is no exposition. There's no yep. real. That's true. It's just like cut. It's like cuts, cut jumps oh, right yeah. to like flashbacks. There's no rhyme or reason. You have to learn the characters. That's how you know it's a flashback. Mm-hmm. Really. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, and the length of his hair. <clears throat> right. <laughs> that really like tells you it's a flashback too. Um, but it's, it's like, it's just so disjointed and there's no, like for all the, like all the good times that movies have done that where they don't give exposition, like, like Mad Max Fury Road, I'm thinking. Yeah. Or, um, recently, uh, for any of our listeners who have seen it, uh, oh shit. Uh, Casey Affleck by the sea, Manchester by the sea, Manchester by the sea. That's a movie that doesn't tell you anything about what's going on yeah. and a lot of it is constructed out of things of the and I, I think it's very effective and evidently other people do too because it's up for all these Oscars but let me explain quickly and then the, now let's get back to Cyborg yeah so Cyborg <laughs> there's this, like Oscar nominated like there's, multi there's a, Oscar nominated there's a reason for the Cyborg disjointedness no, no, no. Um, <laughs> I'm just saying like it's it's I think it's funny that we're putting Manchester by the sea in the same conversation <laughs> no, that's as a, Cyborg a successful uh, version yeah. of it and then Cy- yeah. Cyborg could, you know it's not but so let me tell you then how Cyborg the backstory that you guys might not know um, okay. that, that definitely informs everything else and then I think we should get into a, kind of a beat by beat like can you fuck can believe this happened and stuff yeah but um i have my one note that i made that i'd made oh was it was save the note to just have the context first because this is this is is and isn't in defense of this movie because i'm not going to tell people that i think this is an excellent movie i will tell you this is a movie that is not an excellent movie as a i I will go the i will i will tell people it's not an excellent movie (laughs) no that's true it would not be a palmer's pick Oh, I don't. Well, it would be really hard pressed. I mean, like Bloodsport. Totally, I would totally I put Bloodsport in there. You know, oh my Time God. Cop. Time Cop. Instant oh, Palmer's on. pick. Well, like, I mean, there's. Uh, I, you know, I was gonna go further along. Um, I understand it. I I understand. I I thought you guys would because some of the movies you guys have been watching are a little out there for me. Like, I woke up at eight in the morning. Uh, one day and because i've been staying up uh all night and sleeping all day but the stand was on i didn't know it was the stand 
And this guy came out of the fire and starts raping this woman and his face is changing into monsters. It's like, okay, that's fucking crazy. You guys are watching that. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, you. yeah. that's true. And there's, I no, think like, there's a bit of the standard in Cyborg. Shit. Like this is just like, this is some fucked up shit that I think that's why it, it stuck with it's me. Like Cause I was up imagery, but it's just like, it's just a poorly made movie. Like, it, yeah. like, I don't know. Okay, so let me so let together. me tell you how it how it how it came to be what it is, and then we'll kind of not, not really evaluate, but we can get into our stories about or or you know why we're talking about it, etc. So so Jean Claude is JC, <laughs> as I call him, is signed JC. to this uh, multi picture deal and such. Um, at the time, they were trying to make a sequel to Masters of the Universe, which stars Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren as He Man, and they were trying to make a Spider Man movie. Um, and so this director who had had some success with, oh shoot, I'm, his name is Albert Pion and, uh, he, he had a real hit with, with something like Sorcerer. I'll, I'll, I'll find it. Not, not Sorcerer, like, um, not Sorcerer, like William Friedkin Sorcerer, but it was, uh, The Sword and the Sorcerer in 1982, which is essentially also when Jean-Claude comes over, uh, to America. But, so he's he's actually had this plan to make. <laughs> uh, he had the, he had this plan to make um, Masters of the Universe two and the Spider Man movie together. He would direct them. He would uh, they would start shooting. They would develop them at the same time. Start shooting Spider Man before Peter Parker gets bit and becomes Spider Man, so he could be like this skinny kid, and then use that time as prep time for Masters of the Universe two. Then they break and start Masters of the Universe 2 while the Spider-Man kid goes off and gets jacked to be like Spider-Man, like get, works out for a few months with a trainer and stuff. Um, and then he's off like developing these movies in Wilmington, North Carolina um, at a place I've been. I almost went to film school at this place and I went to like tour it. Um, and there's a poster of Cyborg on the, on one of the. Oh my gosh, yeah. that's so crazy! I mean, also shot there was the crow. That was the more interesting yeah. thing to me. Uh, anyway, so he's developing these movies. He goes, he's going back and, and you know trying to do them in this kind. Is of, he trying to be the like new next Roger Corman? Like, um, well, you know the Golden Globus thing. Like they would make these. They were <clears throat> they were a little like in in a way the Golden Globus were like the Roger Corman version of Bob and Harvey Weinstein in the nineties you know yeah whereas the Weinstein's yeah. at Miramax were making classy pictures that eventually got up for like Oscar like they were kind of Oscar bait all the time and on the avant well not avant garde but like they were like cool indie cinema Golden Globus was like exploitation movies like with Ch- Chuck Norris and um, right Steve uh, McQueen. Well, um, like Death Not the Death Wish, uh, with yeah. Charles Bronson and like Michael Dudikoff, who I fucking love. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, American I, Ninja. I I really love it in this. I will get to it, but the 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 German company that ultimately released the the director's cut, the other movies that they advertise are all Michael Dudikoff movies. <laughs> it's like you get various like Black Eagle or The Quest or or Cyborg special wait, editions. Wait, wait. <laughs> or yeah, <laughs> I, I watched Cyborg on mm. YouTube, and every ad I got was for uh, bipolar depression. <laughs> really? That's, That's crazy. Okay. So, oh, man. Um, so just to move quickly through this backstory, because it does inform everything. So what So what happened? So he's developing these movies. He's doing stuff, casting things. Um, he goes to... Uh, Albert Pian goes to Hawaii, 
You guys know who Laird Hamilton is? He's a very famous surfer. I only that name sounds familiar. Yeah, he's like one of the most famous servers, and I only know who he is because there was a show called Iconoclasts where they would put like two famous people together from different worlds, and he did one with Eddie Vedder. So that's why I know. There who you he go. Is. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, and he's married to Gabrielle Cart. No, he's married to somebody, a famous model, whatever. But he was gonna. He was in the. Con- he was going to be the new he he man for Masters Universe two, okay. and at this meeting, like he brings along his his professional surfing buddy uh, Vincent Klein. So just remember that name, Vincent Klein. Larry, Larry uh-huh. Hamilton is uh Fender. is up for he man. So like Albert Pian's out yeah. doing this thing, developing these two movies. They're going to be because because Canon is about to go under. Like they need a hit or they're done. Like they're bankrupt. Yeah. So they're really banking on these two properties of like Masters of the Universe and fucking Spider-Man, you know? But he gets yeah. back in between the rights from Mattel for He-Man and the rights from Marvel for Spider-Man, those projects are both dead. Like, they're just not happening. So, Pian, like, in a weekend, comes up with the concept for what became Cyborg out of, like, here's the prep we've done for this. Like, so they have all these sewer sets because they were going to use Spider-Man fighting, like, the lizard villain. Um, right. And they have all this kind of futuristic sort of costumes for Masters of the Universe 2. And mm-hmm. uh, so he's like, well, we could leverage all this work that we've done. We can just kind of pivot it into something different that's not, the rights are not owned by anyone. And we can make a movie and hopefully make this money you need to make some kind of money back. Yeah. Yeah. And so he wanted, um, to make a kind of, uh, futuristic sci-fi, uh, Western, like the spaghetti Westerns, like Sergio Leone's, like the man with no name trilogy, like for a fistful of dollars, few dollars more, all that, which incidentally, and weirdly enough, like me and Jacko made as remade as, as kids. Like we made a version (laughs) of a fistful of dollars, which is about two, what they call bounty killers. And it's yeah. like, we've talked about it. And it's like the opening screen yeah. is, says where life had no value, like uh, death had its price. And that's where the bounty killers appeared. So Cyborg nice. essentially is like that, but it's set in this futuristic world that's decaying because um, they're making use of these things that they had. So he came up with this concept. And there's, there's uh, I don't have it in front of me, but people will say it's like a remake of this Japanese anime thing as well. He doesn't acknowledge that. In any event, he pitches this thing to like kind of save his ass, save his job, and hopefully save the studio. <laughs> and right. he, he builds it around Chuck Norris. And uh excuse me. They're like, well, Chuck Norris. Because they need to they need to make as much money as they can. So that Chuck Norris has like the missing in action. He's got these various kind of fr- franchises. They got okay. Chuck Norris and they got Dudikoff and they got from American Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell <laughs> you. <laughs> Uh, Muscles from Brussels. But, and that's the newcomer. So, uh, Pian thinks like this is good for Chuck Norris. We're like, well, no, Chuck Norris, they need him in this missing in action, like whatever number. But this new kid has this hit with Bloodsport. You can make this movie, but you got to make it with this kid. And by kid, he's in his late (laughs) 20s, actually, but he's been. Right. Which I was very shocked to find how old he was. He was almost 30 when he made Cyborg, but which is like his second or third movie. In any event, that so so this guy's kind of shoehorned into this situation where he writes a script based on some things that are in existence and forced to cast this star that he doesn't want. Like he sees Bloodsport and he's like, uh, 
<laughs> yeah. He's like, it's this, not Chuck Norris. Yeah. Like, he, he, no. he has a real problem with the accent. Uh, he, uh, he just doesn't think it's very sophisticated. So this guy, Pian organizes the whole movie casting wise based around sort of Jean-Claude's focus on physicality. So I don't know how much time passed. I think a fair amount of time actually passed between Bloodsport being shot and Cyborg being shot. I think a period of maybe up to like two to three years. So there's this weird thing where Jean-Claude didn't want his body to be seen. He wanted, he was like working on it and he would like invite, uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but, but so, so he has meeting with the guy, with Jean-Claude and, and he lives with, uh, his, his wife, Gladys Portuguese, who's a woman he married twice. She was a bodybuilder. Uh, that's a very interesting story as well. But in any event, <sighs> he was, he said he was, he, he really liked him. He had a, a lot of energy and he knew all the hard work that would need to happen. And he was impressed with the kind of non-Hollywood vibe of Jean-Claude's sort of family and the people surrounding him. So he's like, all right, we'll, we'll make this work. But because of the language and stuff, he's, he's like, we need to cut all this dialogue. Like, we can't have this guy saying anything. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's where and some of that I, comes from. I actually felt that Jean-Claude Van Damme was the only actor that wasn't dubbed. And it's only because he hardly said anything. Yeah. Everyone else was dubbed. Like their yeah. like oh. dialogue was redubbed over poorly, yeah, I, I mean, especially Fender. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's been the practice of movies since beginning of time. It's like the, it's all foily. It's all. I mean, you get rare exceptions. No, where but they it capture it, the room and no, stuff, it's distracting. It, I know you're right. No, it, yeah. but it totally did give that like that kung fu movie feel. Yeah, <laughs> which was great. <laughs> you What's, know what I mean, like. What's yeah, interesting too is the so I watched last night. Actually, I because of this, I'm so grateful to be talking about this movie at all. <laughs> but because of this movie, I discovered something on the director's cut thing I've got from Germany that I didn't know was there, which is the thing that started the director's cut in the first place, which was an unearthed work print VHS, and it was like oh. buried on there. So what I heard was tons of production sound. They had overdubbed Fender's voice, and they did more of a like a cyborg sound for the cyborg but i heard a lot of production sound so most people so they're dubbed but it's by them by the actual yeah. actor um though i will say so anyway there's a weird sort of story that i'm it's we're moving quickly through here so they so they're forced to do it and they go into production um oh but but pn's idea for this movie is like this spaghetti western sci-fi thing that, that at that time most of those kind of movies had not been they were always in like deserts and stuff. So like the antecedents are like Mad Max, things of that nature. Right. Post-apocalyptic. But he was filming in all these kind of different environments with like... Uh, the city. It starts in a city. Yeah, in like, a city. Because they had made these things for Spider-Man. Yeah. They, they, yeah. they were going to do Spider-Man in Brooklyn. And uh, yeah. Um, so, the, so, they, so that's one of the things about Cyborg that I think does work is that atmosphere. But that comes from all of this. They put like two million into the prep of these other two movies that fell apart. So while the budget for Skyborg is half a million, including JC's salary, who was not a big yeah. deal at the time, so much of that they got to leverage from these other things. So like Fender is wearing this, the costume that Skeletor would have worn in Master of the Universe right. 2. Um, right. But anyway, so the, they go into production. Which didn't look completely finished. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> either. Like. I just mean like saying that it like the ends 
it looked like it was like partially finished like because it, it wasn't like a complete total length that like had like a jaggedness to it so oh yeah yeah like the chain yeah yeah you could tell that maybe it was just like one day it was like well we're not making he-man anymore and right. whoever like whatever that poor intern <laughs> was that was like making that like chain mail was just like Thank Christ. <laughs> right. Oh, man, if I had to bend one more of these links together on this thing. Good news. We're making this new movie, and we're going to use the Skeletor costume. Right. I say we leave it rough like right, this. That's stop. a great yeah, idea. You we'll know? just use what we have. Yeah. That's so funny you say that about the He-Man, because that's another sort of interesting side note is that. So Laird Hamilton was in... Um, uh, Paris, and he finds out he's not going to be He-Man. Like this is not happening, and he's a big guy. Supposed so supposedly, he starts like upending cars, <laughs> like on the streets Whoa. of Paris, like turning them, turning these little cars over. I don't know if that's true, but that's what they said. And wow. then, and then, <laughs> Pian rem- remembers uh, Vin- his buddy Vince Klein, uh, and he decides to cast him as Fender. And so, incidentally, oh, too, so there's the spaghetti western sort of sci-fi thing. But then PN talks about when he understood what he had to do and that it was going to be Jean-Claude and they're cutting out all this dialogue. Here's a little aside for probably, and then this is truly little, for, but probably only for me. But um, the actor in at the beginning of Alien from L.A., remember we talked about Alien from L.A. with yeah. Kathy Ireland, Mystery Science Theater? He's like yeah. her douchey boyfriend, Robbie. She's like, Robbie, why don't you accept me for who I am? <laughs> and... He's like this dick, <laughs> but he wanted to be a, a, a director and stuff and keeps kept asking Pian. That's another Albert Pian movie. And he's like, let me, come on, let me help you write something or something. So he says, I need a rewrite on this movie that I was going to do that I threw together quickly. He throws it at this guy going through, cutting out the dialogue. Um, and like Def Leppard is playing and he gets this idea. It's like, oh, it should be this like moody, black and white, wow. heavy metal, like opera. <laughs> not opera Whoa. where people are singing but that was his concept and that's why the names are what they are so like Van Damme's character is Gibson Rickenbacker <laughs> yeah which is a yeah. guitar like maybe two guitars yeah. right Fender yeah, Tremolo Fender Tremolo is the villain and you know Fender oh, is man. a guitar and Tremolo is a guitar effect Nady right. S- Simmons or Simons all of their names um the the guy at the beginning Pearl who's trying to pr- drums pearl yeah pearl drums so it's all <laughs> meant to be that and that's actually how the sort of director's th- cut thing came to be is because the the soundtrack was this kind of heavy metal soundtrack so i mean so j- anyway so there's there's that that's the kind of conception going in he realized he's dealing with jean claude who is this you know he's a very charismatic guy bodybuilder um balletic fighting skills all this but not maybe so strong in the acting in his estimation especially where it comes to dialogue so he decides Mm -hmm. to cast the whole movie around not like acting prowess but rather kind of physicality so that Jean-Claude's not the only like cut giant dude in this entire world yeah so so hence it's all a lot of stuntmen and non-actors the the woman who plays Mary the kind of love interest who is killed was she was the stand-in for the cyborg for the first like two weeks of oh, filming. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. And there's there's in the director's kind of cut thing from Germany. Like there's pictures of her in the wig Which and stuff. I will admit that cyborg special effects is pretty effective. Like when she takes awesome. her wig off. Oh, when she peels off the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like that is awesome. pretty effective. Um, I, I was gonna say, go um, um, and similar. I 
you got to take it in perspective. It was 89. Like I said, I was sure I was thinking of, I was six or seven years old. Um, but then you think about what cool movies had come out by that time. And yep. for me, the first one was Terminator. And that was 1984. I was born in 83. <laughs> so uh, Van Damme came to, at- to America in 82. Just in case you forgot. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And But then uh, what, what else was at 89? Um, well, I remember oh. in our house, definitely when... So I think I discovered Bloodsport via WUAB Channel 43. They would play... They had like this action week of movies where they would play Enter the Dragon. That's where I discovered Bruce Lee. Yeah. And Chuck Norris movies, which I didn't watch as much, maybe because I wasn't allowed or what. And then Bloodsport, I'm like, and I was just so enamored of this instantly. You know what, Brian? Or, geez. Son of a bitch. Let me try that again. You know what, Moto? It's it's one of those things. I totally get that. I think that if I would have... Like if if Cyborg would have been in my repertoire of film that I cycled through in 1989, I like, I think I totally would have a different perspective on the film now. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm very you know, I'm still so happy that you watched it and it's not Matt Damon. And, uh, <laughs> and it's not Matt Damon. Yeah. Well, what was interesting uh, though is like we I, we had Bloodsport in the house, Brian. So I, or. Moto, so I I don't know if you remember. <laughs> I slipped under the name. So so in the Christmas of 1989, I was renting Bloodsport from Rite Aid like crazy, and and Back to the Future. You recently reminded me of this, and I'm so amazed that you remembered the Back to the Future part. But those were the two movies we'd watch constantly: Bloodsport and Back to the Future in the living room. Uh, well, I yeah, I definitely remember them both, and. Uh... All of that, and uh, what was I thinking about him and the Bruce Lee character? Like Bruce Lee was always smaller, and he was always on, taking on bigger guys. Oh yeah, and yeah. Von Damme yeah. is often so outnumbered. Like the guys chasing them. Uh, when I watched oh, that the first scene, day, is desperate when it, they're being chased through the, the shit out of me. Yeah, the, the, because the, the like, menace I, of this movie is so palpable for me. Like it and scares you know what? me. Like it was totally a defense mechanism but I totally ripped on that scene. It's like, just give it up. Like, you know, you're going to like, you're not going to mm-hmm. outrun them, you know? Oh yeah. But it, that's because it's desperate. Like that, like, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to outrun. You're not going to outrun <laughs> them. Like, like you have to like give it up. Um, oh my gosh. And, but so just, man. just like, uh, just like golden globus and stuff. I, we were sucked in by blood sport. Oh yeah. Moto and I were, <laughs> were into it, you know? And, uh, I, and I'm not super sure. I, I definitely know that the way I encountered Cyborg was through the preview, which I'll definitely share on our Twitter. Yeah. It was burnt yeah. into my brain. And I, I think mm-hmm. it might have been on the VHS for Bloodsport. And um, it might even. Because it was. Yeah, cause, because it came out later. later. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. And it's got a very vocal thing to it. Let's. We'll either cut this out or we'll roll it in now. Here's the trailer. Welcome to the world of the not-too-distant future. Get going! Go! A brutal gang is reshaping the world into their own vision of hell. And only one man can stop them. Jean-Claude Van Damme is leading the battle between good and evil. As it's never Take been fought before. He's 
on a desperate mission to rescue a cyborg who holds the secret for saving the world. Yeah, that cyborg special effects stuff is all of that's good. From the it really was amazing. To me. Rises the warrior of a new age. Say goodbye, my friend. There it is. Jean-Claude Van Damme has become the first hero <laughs> of the 21st century. Yes. Oh, listen to that heavy metal in there, too. I don't know where that music comes from. It's not from the soundtrack that they used or the one that they abandoned. But man, was that... So, I mean, first off, I would have watched this guy read the goddamn phone book after Bloodsport. Like, I was so in. I was 10. And he was amazing, you know? Um, And Bloodsport is a fantastic movie. Like, I... And I did see that one when I was, like, 10 years old. Oh, really? I didn't know that, actually, that he saw it at that age. That's the right right age for it, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So, like, no, I totally am, like, all behind all the Bloodsport. Um, Awesome. So, so we wanted to see it. And at that time, you know, I'm young. And uh, we were watching these things (laughs) on TV, but we're starting to rent them. So... I definitely remember getting the video. So my my dad would help us like bootleg stuff, essentially. Um, yeah. But he was from seeing that trailer, which excited me. Of course, he was just like, "Oh, my son's ten. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so he endeavored. <laughs> he endeavored to like kind of censor it in some way. So like he would. He, his idea was he would watch it. I think and either pause the VCR as it was recording or pull out the sound cable, excuse me, or mm. pull out the sound cable so that the the language would be censored. Oh, clever. And he, so I had this video for, for a long, I'm not sure how long, for at least a year or maybe more, there was only the first 20 minutes because like you don't have to get far into Cyborg to be like, this is not for kids. No. <laughs> like any kid ever. <laughs> so no. But that made it all the more intriguing, and it is so goddamn eerie and scary. And so it burnt itself in my brain. Eventually, I did see it, uh, and now here we are. Like I've inflicted it on you guys. So let's maybe go through some of your notes. I can, I can. Uh, oh, so there. Okay, there was just a little bit else I should say before we dig into what the two of you would have watched versus what was. So you know, it started Master Universe Spider Man. That didn't happen. So they made this movie, like I think Pian screened uh, a black and white version that uh, that had he- the heavy metal music in it, and oh. uh, for and for some executives, and they were just like, "Fuck no!" <laughs> like there's like there's no way. <laughs> there's not even. I love David Gilmour, but I don't want David Gilmour over Cyborg. There's so. there's no um there's no there's not a lot of information about that screening, but so they went back. You know, and he so he reworked it some more, and he had this idea that like you could have all these voices, whether they be from. I think I think he was really hung up on Jean Claude's lack of verbal kind of agility with the English language, so yeah. much so um, that he was like getting voiceovers to try to bring different perspectives to the world that he would just like put over black, <laughs> like in their other. And I swear to fucking Christ, it sounds like Michael Dudikoff. They could it could really? be Michael Dudikoff, but no. In any event, so that he's trying all these things to make this movie work. But there's some elements in them. So the 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 thing that I was most struck by in seeing the cut that I found last night, which was the work print. 
Okay, I'm sorry. So let me back up just a little bit. So after, so they had oh, that no. screening <laughs> with the black and white. Then they had another one where there was a hundred people and only one person gave them a favorable review, and that's the version Ooh. that I rewatched last night. I think. Now, oh, gotcha. There was a guy there in the audience called Sheldon Ledich. Now, Sheldon Ledich was a friend of Jean Claude's, JC's. He called him JC, probably for sure. But <laughs> <laughs> JC is over in Thailand making fucking kickboxer. Oh, oh yeah. shit. And they're putting this together in his absence, um, which of course they would because he's he's just the actor in the movie. But uh but Sheldon Ledich is there at this second disastrous screening. Sheldon Ledich wrote Bloodsport, went on to direct uh oh. Double Impact, Lionheart. All right. Yeah. And a few others. Like Sheldon Ledich is a real champion of Jean Claude, and a re- like if there were no Sheldon Ledich, I don't think we would have he would have had the career he did. So he Damn. was there, and so he calls Jean Claude. He's like, uh, this is not going well. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so Jean Claude, uh, after the experience with Cyborg, he's like, you know, I fixed that one. How about you let me fix this one? Give me two months, I'll do it for free. Let me recut it. Or yeah. be involved. Like, he's not the guy splicing the film, but like, you know. Um, so they say, okay, um, canon, because they needed this to be a hit. And, right. Uh, right. So they pull Pian from the movie. He's kicked off in October oh, of 88. shit. And so that's the version that I... That's never a good sign. No. And, and he didn't Alan Smith yet. Like, he didn't take his name off yeah. it. But a funny thing, too, is I did not know until this week that Albert Pian wrote Cyborg. It's credited Ooh. to Kitty Chalmers. That's his yeah. cat's name. <laughs> oh. So. Gotcha. Um, so he's pulled off Clever. the movie. It's taken away from him, given kind of girl. To, to Jean-Claude to fix. And, and, and then there's a lot of like, uh, they're just trying to make it. He's trying to make it better, trying to make it work somehow. There's reshoots that Pian is forced into that he doesn't like um, and recuts and stuff. So. So that's that, and then so the thing that's kind of cut out then is is this. So there's, um, there's that whole heavy metal vibe or whatever, and the sci-fi spaghetti western. So that's why it's he's like it's all about like people's faces and and hopefully non-verbal stuff. Um, <laughs> but then there's this sub element that existed where Fender. So, so what the other thing, so when I watched this version, the work print that was taken away in 1988, it has all this sort of heavy metal music in it, different score. But it actually does explain way better from scene yeah. to scene what's going on. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's it, well to me, because I'm so used to what's going on, the them saying, like, we gotta go meet Fender at this like factory. I'm like, fucking, I know you gotta meet Fender at the factory. Yeah, Why so are you even stupid. talking about it? That seems weird to me because I'm used to knowing how yeah. it progresses. Right. Um right. the other the last little weird thing that's cut out is this really dark Satan. Uh so Fender <laughs> and his yeah, I don't sorry, I don't know how to say it. Like Fender and his flesh pirates, which they still call them the flesh pirates in like promotional materials, worship Satan. So they're like, there's these really what? Yeah, it's like I don't know if I can find. I'll try to find one while you guys are talking, and then I'll bust out with it. But it's really Makes, disturbing stuff that they like pray to Satan, and they're cannibals. Makes more sense. Um, they're 
Uh, so, heads everywhere. Everyone's being crucified. Yeah. They just cut off his, his wife's head in front of him and shove a uh, inch and a quarter stick down his mouth. Like, And you know what's so crazy about brutal. that scene, Moto? Is that, I didn't know this till this week, that whole wedding scene where they disrupt the wedding, you would <sighs> think, so all these things, when you hear about director's cuts and stuff, you think it's censorship. Often that usually mm-hmm. is the case. In this case, that scene wasn't part of the movie that they made. That scene was part of the reshoots. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's not like, it's not like, I'm sure it's not like Jean Claude is like, we need to have a scene. Uh, the guy, he come up and yeah. he fucking shove a stick down a guy's throat and he kill him. And yeah. He, you know, yeah. I don't think that's the case. But um, in oh. any event, uh, so that whole satanic underscore thing is gone. But also, the thing in this early cut that's not there is the whole plague. The, that's not part of it at all all oh. and, and palmer not for nothing but with the crucif- and that's like the motivation of the whole movie she's trying to get back to atlanta because yes. she has a cure for the plague yes so the the interesting thing stand wise you know in every generation a plague will come among them oh geez <laughs> uh but in this instance that's not the case it's all about restoring electricity and technology and there, there's full dialogue talking about this. So, so the cyborg Pearl is sent out there to, to to kind of hook up with whatever computers are left to hopefully bring back enough information that they can kind of bring back society through ele- basically like electricity. <laughs> yeah. Which of course in the stand, you know, that's a big thing. Like they're trying to get the electricity on and and fucking uh, yeah. Who was who blew up? It's not the trash can man. Harold blew up the. Harold, yeah, yeah. In any event, so those but are that's the two like things. A big, that's a big moment, though, in that settlement. Is they like there's some that wonder if they need to turn the electricity back on. Oh, like, is right, that the right, right decision to make? Yeah. Like, and maybe that's, that's that weird maybe thing. We're in, supposed to not have electricity, and that's that weird so. thing in uh, the post-apocalypse. Like, like some people kind of thrive. We see the in The Walking yeah. Dead and all this stuff, and in this, they have that opening screen, and it's just like for a few dollars more. Or a dying breed, if you're me or Jacko, um, where it's like <laughs> when death had no value, or when life had no value, death had its price, and that's when the bounty killers appeared. So in this instance, it was all about what they called slingers, which in a way were like samurai for hire. And that's what Jean Claude is. Okay. He, gets, he helps. He just sort of for hire helps people get to safety. Because they say that a few times. Like he, there's even some of the uh, flesh pirates. Is that right? Yeah, that's mm. still in there somehow. Uh, one of them even says that. Like, you know, I, I kill, kill slingers, slingers every day, or <laughs> like eat slingers for breakfast, right. or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, even there's that interesting thing with the little girl where she's like. I'm going to grow up to be a slinger someday. And then she yeah. ends up You're like at, at Fender's side. So that's that, that's the kind of backstory that leads us to it. So it gets recut. There's reshoots and shit. Um, and that's why it's basically everything that is essentially a death nail for a film happened in during this production. Like, yeah, wow. probably. Except for, for me, I never saw this director's cut thing till recently, and it's not. I don't think the director's cut and the initial conception is better. I think the theatrical cut is better, and I thought about it. This yeah. is a bigger discussion for sure. But like, if I think about director's cuts in general, unless that was the only the first time I encountered a movie in the only way or book in the case of the stand, and that's the only way in which I know it, I often think that these kind of things. They, they do sort of work out for the best. Like they are, when things are taken over like this, if you think of something even like almost famous, 
which has the untitled cut, which is much longer. Like the version yeah. of that movie that is built for the general audience is that shorter one and it's better. And, yeah. and for sure, the cyborg that you guys watched that I didn't is better. And got one of the reasons I watched it was for perspective, but the other one is because that fucking music makes it horrifying for me. <laughs> so I could watch the heavy the metal rock, music. Does. No, the one that they oh, ended up the with. Real one. Oh, gotcha. That yeah, movie no. has such a sinister vibe for me collectively Kevin, that I am a, I am scared of it. <laughs> oh, they are essentially pursued. Like they're. Like the intent is Jean-Claude Van Damme and that other woman are trying to catch up with Girl. the cyborg. Yeah. Who is, which, I mean, I got to give him credit for this one, too. I mean, thanks for not going cliche. He finally gets up there and rescues her and she's like, you're, <laughs> no, yeah. uh, sorry, yeah. you're not capable of getting me there. I, I'm just going to ride it out with this dude and then we're just going to kill him when we get there. Yeah, it's yeah. like, are you kidding me? He finally, like, he's going to free you. Yeah. Oh, That's awesome. Man. That was so, even more explicit in the director's cut thing too, where like when she first sees him and it's like they're showing the Terminator stuff and she's sizing him up. There's like yeah. this internal monologue of like, okay, he is so-and-so and he has these skills and he can get you where he needs to go. And then soon thereafter, he's kind of dispatched or at least momentarily by Fender's people. And then she's like, well, fuck it. And she tells me, you're Ooh. not strong enough to get me. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. That, is that just like, so such a kick in the nuts, <laughs> but um, it was Kevin Bastinson that did the music. Yeah. And the other movie I was thinking of was Terminator 2 for the special effects that came out in 91. So yeah, Terminator no. 2 was monumental. Oh, special absolutely effects, monumental. But. but again, like the cyborg stuff in this, that is like, that was some of the best pieces of this movie. Like it, it yeah, looked I remember really good. Was- like when they first encounter the bad guy and her wig is off and like the back of her yeah. head is exposed and like her and eyes eye. are like, yeah, it looks great. Like it looks really, really good. But you know, the movie starts out, you think it's them pursuing the cyborg to catch up with her, but really it's them pursuing Jean-Claude Van Damme. And ch- like so many times when they finally catch up, it turns into a pursuit where Jean-Claude Van Damme and that w- woman are getting chased or getting yeah. trapped. Yep. Yeah, and yeah. oh man, is it de- and it, and, and it always would lead to this desperate chase through some new set piece like whether it was a sewer or like the yeah. plains or like the desert or um yeah all those things were city. like those kind of leftovers from the location scouts from those other movies yeah. and it's yeah. interesting like it is much more it's much better explained you texted me before we started today you texted me a scene from i think the guy's name is maze i got my bar my family yeah what did you say the and, that, that and that, I just thought it was funny the hierarchy of like the priorities. He was like, I just couldn't. I got be- my bar, my family. How's that for hope? I just couldn't believe that like another <laughs> another human being quoted that scene to me. I just felt so lucky to know you, my friend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, Wait, like, I think we just took the pillars to heaven. Yeah, this dude cares about me enough to watch this movie and spit back yes. that quote. Yeah, yes. so sad we couldn't marry you into the family. <laughs> I got my bar family. How's that for hope? Yeah. Um, well, I, okay. I, I, I said to Dave for that part, 
it, it reminded me of Kickboxer and My Lee. Somebody, I couldn't believe that Bloodsport was 88, Cyborg's 89, and Kickboxer's 89. And yeah. I, was, I told Dave, I said, that equals lots of coke. Right. Because he's, oh, he's yeah. doing splits no. all the time. But you know no, what's crazy? Just, like, it wasn't. You're just he going was... from one right to the next. I mean, just like, why do you think Canon Films went under? It was because they couldn't afford the, like... <laughs> The coke. like 18 kilograms of cocaine every day that they would go through. Like, First off, how dare you guys speak of JC in this manner? Uh, what do you mean? Uh, no, no, I'm just kidding. But, what's, but, but the what's crazy thing on? is, yes, he did. Yeah. What is this place? He did. Yeah. He did get into coke in uh, the mid 90s. Yeah. But at this time, he was just busting his ass like a. Yeah. Like a man. Well, he's still time. relatively young and he's really excited. He's what he. He's still in the I will do whatever it goddamn takes. He's yep. still in survivor yeah. mode at this yeah. point. Like I'll do whatever it takes to get this dream because I've had it since I was an eight year old kid. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. he's still running. And they, on. they offered him a couple of things. Like it was like American Ninja Three. They offered him or Ugh. one other thing or or this, and he chose this. And he's not crazy about it. Um, it's yeah. interesting too. Like so, he was he came to you know Wilmington, North Carolina, which I've spent time in, which is crazy to me. <laughs> but um, <laughs> like more than just once, I didn't just visit it once. But in any event. And not because of cyborg, but um, he uh, he came with his dad and uh, Michelle Kesey. And uh, there's a story, a little bit about when he's on the cross, when he gets crucified by Frender. That's what I want to talk about. That's the most. Uh, That's fucked up. Geez. But he's a beast. Let's let's talk about. Let me tell you the behind the scenes first, though. Like he, it was very uncomfortable, and he was. Complaining a lot. <laughs> yeah, I believe like, that. And complaining to like uh, to his dad and and Michelle like so in French. Crucifixion is not pleasant. Like who knew? E- even who yeah, I know. Well, that even that too. Like the the payoff of the the pre production of those other movies. Like they didn't build that there. They drug that ship there from somewhere else because P and saw it's like that looks fucking interesting. Yeah. Um, oh. Anyway, but so he's like complaining a ton, so much so. And his dad like yelled at him French, like, like I think reprimanded him maybe is what the director said. But they left. Right. So, the director was so pissed they left for lunch, and they left him up there for a few minutes. Lord Almighty, <laughs> that's terrible. Yeah. I, so I, he I, says that so when great. they. Well, wait, hold on, because this might play into what you're saying. This is a very last thing. When they okay. came back, he's like, and he said, like, I didn't do that to be mean. Maybe he did because he was a little pissed. But he's like, yeah. I wanted when he felt that Jean Claude was always posing and not really present and acting. And he thought, uh, and I can see that. I, w- I would acknowledge yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen the kickboxer hospitals. Other than the crying scene, but when he punches the wall, it's like, give me a break. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but <and> especially <laughs> in Cyborg. Uh, um, anyway, he was very focused on the physical stuff. Like, Pian was saying, like, he'd invite him into his trailer, and the trailer's dark. And he's like, come over to this corner, and he shines a light in his bicep of this, like, group of muscles he's developing. And so, in any event, so he <laughs> leaves him there, but his idea is, like, if I leave him there... <laughs> He's going to be fucking pissed. And so he he, he thought that would Lord work well geez. for when he has to kind of kick himself down. And so he's like, when he's kicking that thing, he's not acting. <laughs> he's really fucking mad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It comes well, across. And, and, you know, that's what I was talking about. His best acting was when he was not speaking. And that cross scene is just out of control. Um, it reminds me of so Peter Gabriel when he got locked in by Daniel Lenoir for lunch break. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, he tried to tear the door <laughs> off making the but album. Geez, so. Van Damme, uh, he definitely beats Vince Klein 
for the screaming match in the end. Oh, um, interesting thing about which, that. I'm, I'm sorry I have so much to say, but these are little well, tidbits that unless I say them, people have to really care about Cyborg to find. <laughs> so the screaming <laughs> match thing, that was part of that disastrous screening. Like people were laughing because of the screaming. Really? But the reason well, they're abs. Jeez, look at the abs. Right, yeah. Jeez. But the reason they were screaming because all that was going on. So there's like literally like airplane type propeller like wind machines going that are f- crazy loud. Yeah. Blowing rain, rain machines, tons of fire bars, all this crazy shit. Yeah. And there was this this what they called a real what the director describes as like a real palpable rivalry between these two guys who wanted to be stars. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's wow. yeah. So they were competing. So like they were competing to look better, to come across better. Yeah. And so in those, and he he was talking about the screaming thing. He's like, yeah, people make fun of this, but like they're just. That, he's like, that was honest. They were just out there and in, awesome. these, that, in these crazy. That was literally them like establishing <laughs> dominance. Yeah, like. <laughs> So exactly. That's exactly what it is. And, and like I've watched those movies on uh I've watched on uh closed captions sometimes because I wonder there's just so much yelling. Everybody fucking yells in this movie. Yeah. Like yeah. they're just running through a sewer, argh, fucking yeah. yelling all the time. And yeah. like you listen to Jean-Claude and he's like, Da-da! and like, what is he saying? And well, they're just yelling. Well, what right before they get ready to fight, like, doesn't Jean-Claude Van Damme go like Mother, and then like Fender's just like fucker. No, like, like what I heard, what I heard is you want to fight, fucker. Yeah, I've always heard that too. <laughs> I don't know what they're saying. I don't yeah, know. What they're no saying. idea, no clue. Yeah. Um, Jeez, another little epic. tidbit that you might find interesting because you were talking about that ball scene. So there's a little kid like playing with a ball, and one of these like yeah, flesh pirates steals it from him. So who, who, by the way, that guy and most other people play several roles in the movie. Right. So what would happen, he would describe because they they had these costumes and stuff and these stuntmen. So they would they would get somebody, excuse me, they'd kill them. They'd put the clothes on a, on an extra and and put died. the stuntman to work somewhere else <laughs> in a new costume. Uh so that dude oh, that with man. the ball like is in there several times. He's actually It's this, like this great robot chicken scene um where they're on the Death Star, and it's like the the, the first day that this new recruit is on working on the Death Star, and he's like, uh, "Lord Vader thinks that he can force choke people, but he actually can't, and it's just easier for us if we just pretend like he kills us, because otherwise, then he will, he'll pull out his lightsaber and he'll actually kill us. So, if he chokes you, you would just pretend." And then we'll dress you up in a new uniform and change your appearance. And he like doesn't even know. He's like, look at Jenkins. Jenkins has been killed three times this month. And it like comes to this guy and he's got like the fake glasses and a mustache on and like all this stuff. And uh yeah, and it's all because like it's just easier to pretend. Yeah, it's very much that. And so um so th- so and we'll maybe cut this out later. So I'll tell this brief story, and then I gotta pee, and then I promise to let you guys talk more. Oh, the ninety minutes. Where, Palmer, where are we we'll at? Pa- with maybe the we'll minutes. pause. The Forty minutes left in the ninety minutes. So we'll pause for the minutes. pee if, if you don't mind. But but so yeah. I'll so, have beer. So, so the ball story. Uh, I mentioned that because that's one of the few things I kind of 
so Fender, Fender, and the and the they did accentuate this in that race shoot with the with the wedding scene that they, you know, they kind of crash this wedding and kill these people. They're cannibals. They eat people. Yeah, uh, they're they're gonna eat them. Yeah. Um, and actually, one of the things I appreciate about this profoundly terrifying movie is not rapey. They don't care about it that. It is not. You're just right. Just gonna eat you. You're exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, uh, the one time that it's people. about to go that way, which that woman is the fastest undresser I've ever seen. She was, <laughs> she was oh, like, yeah. she was like homeless woman layers to yeah. completely nude in three steps. Yeah. Like she, like in three steps, she was naked. That's interesting too because they found so like she came to set with her psychoanalyst. He was all interested in these interesting faces. He didn't want to cast bimbos of fake boobs and all this. And he, right. she oh, had this. She was, wounded, na- she was all natural, man. Yeah, she was like kind of feisty, but had this wounded quality about her. And so when except it came her to lips, the, except what she had the correct. Her lips, she had Kardashian lips, like yes, yes. But she he, had like I, a hair lip, I think. I think he found I, it kind of strange, uh, and so he thought it was cool. But I know, I know, yeah, okay. they seemed like very full. All, everything about her was very full. Yes, <laughs> I, yes, yes. Wow, 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 wow. But he was worried about the director was worried about her in that moment because literally, like her therapist is with her on on set, and it's like, is this going to be okay? Because he's like, I understand this movie is what it is. In certain ways, it's an exploitation movie. Um, and he said, "No, no, yeah, she'll be okay." And all this. There's an interesting moment in the in the longer cut where she actually actually similar to a line in Bloodsport where she says something about what she thinks will happen tomorrow. It's around the fire, and he says, "But she's like, but we have tonight." And then she kind of lowers her bl- blanket and exposes her breast. And at that time, like between Jean Claude is like this part of this kind of lineage of archetypes of goody two-shoes in a way. So if you watch early yeah. Bruce Lee movies, there's mm. never any sex. He always yeah. eschews sex. Always. Yeah. And so, and I think actually in the dramatics... Oops, sorry. In the dramatic... I'm sorry to like say the word dramatic in relation to Cyborg, but I think the way that we're seeing the director's cut, what it is, is that actually he sees in her not so much a sex symbol as uh, he reminds her of that little girl. Uh, yeah, uh, Haley. So that's why he doesn't want to sleep with her. But there's that yeah. kind of chase thing about it. So this ball thing, and then I got to take a short pee break. Mm-hmm. Um, the ball thing plays into the cannibalism. So, uh, and or just for fun, just so you can think about it. Remember in the very opening scene, that guy comes in with like the long hair and the kind of bow staff that has a knife that comes out of it. And he kills yeah. the dude called Strat. Same dude yeah. with the ball scene. He just has like a fishnet over his face. Um, mm. So what happens that they cut out of the thing is that, uh, yeah, Jean-Claude stands up for the kid. And again, they make a clear connection in the director's earlier cut that that kid, he stands up for that kid. That kid reminds him of the kid he had in his sort of surrogate family. Just like Nady reminds him of Haley. I don't know the name of the boy, but it reminded him of that. And so there's like little flashbacks to him. But, um, so the, one of the next scenes, they're just kind of on the road and they come across this bloody ball. And then they hear oh. like the screams of that kid and his mother being oh. killed and eaten. <laughs> uh, oh. And that is what propels that whole scene in that kind of place with all the graffiti and stuff. Um, so that's why like he literally goes over by the ball and then he goes to the kid and they show the kid and there's some kind of gross effect where you can see they were eating the kid like a bunch of fenders flesh pirates. Oh my god. Yeah. 
And then he just like, fuck. And that's why he's so pissed. And that's why he runs into that environment, which fucked up side note, interesting looking Mm. location, (laughs) but as it wasn't fucked up enough. No. Yeah. It's about to get actually fucked up. And that's why there's this like uh, evil in the fabric of this fucking movie. Like that location with all where he and Nadie go and they fight all the people and which seems unmotivated in the movie. Um, like where they're, he's clanking the chain against the, and they're all kind of yeah. closing in on them. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a place they found that looked interesting. Oh, no. Turns out it was the hub of KKK activity around the turn of the century, oh. where they would bring like African American people to kill them. And he was saying, the director was oh. saying like, there's this palpable like horrible sense of like evil and grief and loss and horribleness about that place that found its way into the scene. And I would agree that that's the thing about this movie. Like I'm not saying it's good, but it is so affecting to me. Like it just gets under my skin and yeah, my God, that ugly way. Fucking cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he called. He called it sad. And I don't know how much of them knew about that. Okay. So that's a really dark note. I'm sorry. So we should pivot, but, I gotta piss. Yeah, gotta piss. Pivot. Yeah, let's piss. Pivot! I'm gonna grab another beer. Jeez. All right, I'm gonna pause the timer. All right, we'll pause the timer, <laughs> and I promise to let you guys kind of. That, that's the main sort of. We have, listen. I points. don't have a lot to contribute, so <laughs> I, 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 I'm enjoying like listening to you two banter back and forth. I'll soon need to on one point. <laughs> um. All right, so let's let me keep pause my- this. That's paused. I'm gonna go piss. Keep the recordings we'll, going, but we'll reconvene. Uh, yeah. yeah. Keep okay. The, the recordings running. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna keep. Recording. I'm gonna keep my wig on. Excellent. <laughs> Sorry, I'm talking so much, but I, no, I, you're I actually, fine. I've gotten in like the bits that I wanted from all the research, and I'm so amazed that I haven't had to look at my notes. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. I hope it makes it all a, a slightly more like, oh, okay. <laughs> 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 That's why that doesn't work. <laughs> oh man. Oh, okay. I'm last. I'm sorry. No, you're fine, buddy. All right. Could you hear us? 
Oh, I've been on tour. Yeah. I've been on tour a long time. You know, I've got assistants. I've got people. I got a strap shirt. I got a strap hey. shirt. I'm in a strap <laughs> shirt too. Damn, you're sexy. Hashtag strap shirt. Yeah, that's what we're going to have to do it. And maybe this will be where I tweet the picture of you singing the theme song. Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, I like my Bruce Lee thing today, but. Um, oh, I love that hey. too. Well, th that'll be included. <laughs> it's also cold in this room, so it works out perfect. But I wanted to mention with the ball scene, other than my Lee store, I thought of Palmer because of his summer job as a blacksmith. And uh, oh. I was like, man, he fit right in with these guys. And this also reminds me of a Viking, the Vikings uh, series recently. Oh, I haven't seen that. Palmer, have you seen that? Uh, I have not. I, I I know of that series, but I have not watched it. No. Gosh, but, uh, it can be gruesome. It, yeah. Yeah. I've heard uh, but, that. But poetic in some ways. Speaking of um, poems, like I'm going to turn this over to... I've Thank you guys for letting me say all of these tidbits and facts that I've uh, accrued about Cyborg. Uh, I just want to read a little bit uh, of... So in that scene we were talking about, that took place like so Gibbs Gibbs and Nady are well she follows him but he he's on a quest to like as Ms. Mays says in that scene you quoted like most people make a point of staying away from Fender's path like not go looking yeah. for him and and we you yeah. understand in the movie right why he is he's on a sort of a vengeance quest but um that's in a larger sense, but in the immediate sense, he sees that they killed and ate that kid, and he's fucking pissed. So he goes into that, he chases them all into, the, isn't that fucking badass? That like, one guy, <laughs> I understand it's a movie, <laughs> but that's the thing, like, that's why it's so exciting. Like, he just charges in there after all of them in that fucking way. He walks like with his arms, literally, Palmer, he walks the way you described the bride walking earlier. He walks yeah. with his arms out. <laughs> And he's like, I'm going to fucking kick your ass. And there's tons of them. Yeah. And he does. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, I and it's no. so badass. But um, in that scene, they intersperse like what I guess is their subconscious prayer. So li listeners, if you made it this far, you can fucking deal with this. But this is this is creepy, and I'm so glad it's not in the actual movie. Oh, no. Satanic prayer? Yeah. This is so... Like, you're seeing that thing of like... Hail Satan! Exactly. Hail, Hail Satan. Satan. Hail Satan. That was the Hail one. Hail Satan. <laughs> that was the it's one. time. <laughs> okay. So, uh, so like the guys like clicking the chain against a thing. Oh, one is all you need. Yeah. Well, cock push-ups. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So this is what it, so what you hear in the voiceover. Our Father, who art in hell, hallowed be thy cunt. <laughs> that starts what? it off. And they said, "Give us this day our daily blood." our daily flesh and lead us not into fuck in, into the fucking God we miss, but to eternal burning salvation and bless <clears throat> us as we fuck our fellow sows and do fenders bidding. It shall be done in the name of the dark Lord and fenders word. A fucking man. That's in that mm. scene. That's, well, fucked up. that's what I mean. There's like, so a, it's fucked up, but it's also better without it. Not just because of its fucked yeah. upness, but just because it's weird. <laughs> it's yeah. weird to hear as a, a like whose voice is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, and there's a South Park on that. <laughs> is, there's a South well, Park. I'm just saying on Satanism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my joke for most things. Is there's a South Park on that? Mm. And uh, those guys yeah, are goddamn geniuses. The, the they are. And, the goths and the um, emos and 
all that. So. Oh wait, okay. <laughs> they, I know I said I had Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I know I said I had many things. I'm about to turn it over to let you guys really run with it. But there's just one thing that I remembered that is not in any director's commentary or anything ever. That is just me and a really embarrassing thing I thought it would be funny to share. Um, oh, wait. So, oh, can you hear me? No, I forgot to start the timer back up. Oh, please do. <laughs> yeah. We'll, please do. we'll kind of pre. I told the bride I'd be done around a half an hour from now anyway. Uh, not that she's going to go actually That's to about bed. all the time that's left. Yeah, it's perfect. Okay, so this this embarrassing story. So I saw this movie, and like when I saw Bloodsport two and stuff, like I was getting my hair cut, like he, he, like him, and like dressing like him as as a ten year old. And then I saw this new movie that's fucked up and dark. And I was very drawn to like the melodrama of those movies. Like in Bloodsport, I love that you know, like one of my favorite bits is this is like the the stretch where he's mourning the his hurt friend, and they're like, oh. tonight yeah (laughs) jackson yeah i i'm drawn to that kind of thing i was then and i i am now but as i mean hey i can i'll sing that guy any day anytime you know oh my god i know where it's at it's in my backyard it's maplewood yeah (laughs) but like I, I'm just kidding, no, I, actually, no, I, I started, I started getting emotional. <laughs> I was getting emotional because I was thinking of Jackson and he's like, anytime, anywhere, if you okay. ever need me, I'll be there. I'm, I'm like thinking, kidding. I'm thinking of you and I'm just like, oh, geez. Oh um, man. No, yeah. No, uh, we'll, we'll call it, we'll boop that and uh, he's Shamrock. Oh, and Shamrock. If, uh, Fuck yeah. If, that's so awesome. If I, if I talk about. That's going to be uh, his name is Shamrock. Oh my yeah. God. He loved. He loved the. Um, he was an Irish fan. He's Catholic and uh, has some heritage there. And uh, but then there's also Ken Shamrock from MMA. I didn't like the WWE. I'm not a WWE guy. Though if 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 uh, the Mexican warrior over there with his Mexican mask will stick on Tommy Maplewood, it may happen. <laughs> yeah. I see a couple. I need a couple mil. Couple mil your way. Couple mil my way. We we dance. Huh? You wait. Hang on. Okay. Oh. No, you can't. Oh, you can't oh, do this. Too sexy. Too sexy. No. <laughs> I mean, I'm a fan. That's so awesome, Shamrock. <laughs> Here we go. Oh no. Oh no. Okay. Oh shit. He's back. Be- oh my Marty. god. Marty. 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 I do this any day of the week, any day of the week. I I, I almost said mate, but it- holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. I I I heard the story. I'm a fan, you know. I know the show, and uh, fantastic. And now oh I get to see it for God. myself. That's Tommy creepy. Maplewood. Mexican that, Avenger. That is creepy, <laughs> just like the the masks in Cyborg are creepy. Like something they about the really menace of those creepy. people. Like if you were running around with that mask, I would be terrified. Ooh. This is the Luchador <laughs> mask. This is the one that I wore when I wrestled my brother in law. I know. They, like that's so Ash. awesome. That's so. Six, can you? Oh my god, that's amazing. Well, I, uh, go to our Twitter at at LWSDPod <laughs> to see pictures of this amazing. Of both of these amazing fucking specimens, <laughs> like Tommy Maplewood, and I don't know, you should have an alter ego for that, like Natural Libra or something. Absolutely. 
Um, Absolutely. Okay, so so I uh, I have talked so much. It's so funny because stop I, saying that because you keep building it up. Like I'm I don't have a lot to contribute. Oh, my no. one note. <laughs> oh, let wait, me yeah. say my one note. Oh, uh, let me tell last... you. Let me tell you my last story first because because this because <laughs> this is so embarrassing and has nothing to do with the movie. Dave cracked me up. I, I talk so much. But wait, let me tell this one more exactly, story. Yeah. Just <laughs> But this is more so story. like this is like a story. This is this is the thing that'll shut me up because I know I shouldn't tell this because it's embarrassing. Uh, okay, okay. Not that it embarrasses anyone go. else because I, I wouldn't do that. I gotta take this thing off. It hurts my my face. Okay, it looks fantastic. Thank you for wearing that. I I like I said. Uh, I know the show. It's made Guys, for it's made for a stuff. normal sized head, and I don't have a normal sized head. <laughs> I, yeah, Ooh. I understand. So I was. So this is when I was into. So I was watching Cyborg, and I was emulating Jean-Claude Van Damme in my everyday life as a, you know, not pre-middle school, like still elementary school, probably fifth grade. Whoa. And so I I was drawn to this sort of brooding thing. like, And I was, and eventually, maybe I'll post a clip of it from my, oh, I should post a clip from that Dying Breed movie that's essentially also a Spaghetti Western remake. I got to where I could do like Jean-Claude Van Damme, I could do movie martial arts. I could do yeah. the fucking helicopter kick, which I look at it. I'm like, I can't believe I did that <laughs> in any yeah. event. But I, so I, I adopted that part of like trying to be like Jean-Claude Van Damme. But I also like, I loved this idea of this like haunted hero, but I'm just a, a weirdo from Ritman. And this is how I'm really a weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> This is, this is the, well, I was going to say the beginning us. of it, but it's not really yeah. the beginning of it. The beginning of it was Karate Kid. And I was, I always thought it was, I think it's the vulnerability of it I was drawn to. Like, you know how he'd get beat up and he had that black eyes and stuff? He's trying to hide from his mom, Karate Kid. Yeah. I used to like, dr like scrape my face with a pencil to create a wound. And that's that weird. people would Jeez. be upset. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's weird. <laughs> and then like someone called me on it. This is like second grade. No, no, I no one I know now. But this is like second grade. They're like, I saw you do that with the pencil. You're not fucking fooling me. And I wish I had oh, people in man. my life and or wish I had people call me on my shit when I was doing trying this now, then and then later in, in high school and stuff. I probably would have got laid more, but uh <laughs> Or at all, but but the it's whole so, it's overrated. <laughs> well, that's Tommy uh, Maplewood. I know. <laughs> I done, Tommy Maplewood. I, I, got a, I got a yeast infection so bad in my throat it's I run out bacteria. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. Yeast okay. infection in the throat. So so the so the setup there. The setup thing is so ridiculous that it will actually hopefully shut me up for the rest of the show is that I was emulating Jean-Claude Van Damme and so enamored of him and dressing like him as best I could as a fifth grader and um, and like brooding like his character and not trying to not talk. I didn't talk as much like hor like now as I did then. But uh, nonetheless, like I was walking around sulking and I'd have like your fifth grade version of girlfriends, which were basically the person you'd write notes to and chase on the playground. Yeah. And so I was being all sullen and stuff. And then like, and of course, like fifth grade girlfriends, they don't come up and talk to you directly. They send their friends and vice versa. Oh, no, yeah. Right. So they come up and they ask me like, what's so-and-so wants to know what's wrong with you. <laughs> Send her. <laughs> yes. Did I tell you this before? That's what I said. Yeah. 
I, go, I know. I mean, I kind of know, but uh, it's yeah. it's really funny. I, I, I said it in the fucking accent. I go like, Fender. And she's like, Finger? Dude's <laughs> uh, got more problems than I knew. Oh, um, my uh, gosh. <laughs> we are weirdos. We're weirdos. Oh, I'm the biggest weirdo. <laughs> the Cheers biggest to being weirdo. a weirdo, man. Okay. I, so that's, I mean, that's, I don't know what to say after that, but that's my the, the last of my cyborg uh, rant. Well, I would hope to open the floor up now to to uh, your I, I, like, thoughts. Uh, my one note that I had from watching this movie one. was one note. Uh, I, like, so I keep notes on my phone whenever we watch movies that we're going to talk <laughs> about in an episode. And uh, so this is for the love of JCVD and then colon... <laughs> cyborg 1989 and so then i put like the notes where i just like want to put like directed by and uh just mm-hmm. some of the credits and everything and who it's starring but it, this is like the the recurring theme is uh so we can understand dave's love of jcvd yeah and uh then it gets down to the body where it's like i start making notes and like that that's the note Boot that knife. I got. Boot knife. Fuck yeah. yeah. That's the only note that I made was boot <laughs> knife. That's where he stopped. That's that fucked up scene the KKK plays. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, boot <laughs> knife. I, I love That's cyborg. all I got. Cyborg colon boot knife. Boot knife. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. I'm so tempted to call the episode that. <laughs> <laughs> boot knife? Yeah, totally call it boot knife. I gotta call it Cyborg for anyone L- that'll listen. LWSD episode 13, Cyborg Boot Knife. Maybe we just hashtag Boot Knife throughout the rest cyborg of the series. Cyborg Boot Knife. <laughs> yeah. Like I the like Boot Knife number, is a cyborg. I like this number 13. 13 is not too funny. And it's, no, uh, it is not too That is <laughs> no, not 13 funny. 13 is, fun, is a non funny odd number. Oh, this is crazy. I, I love one guy for one reason and one guy for another. You guys are the best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> he, he listened to the show enough that he could quote it. I know. Yeah. I mean, like, test me. I know. I'm the sound guy. I mean, Tommy Maplewood's the sound guy. But uh, no, I love yeah. the music of Cy- Cyborg. The bipolarness of it all is really kind of nice. Nails esque to me. And you think about other movies of the area as Terminator, uh, also Universal Soldier. Um, yeah. Masters of the Universe star Dolph Lundgren. And he eventually teams up with Jean Claude Van Damme and Universal Soldier. Yeah. The, like, PS, just, two of them making a movie together right now. Really? Oh, man. (laughs) I don't know if it'll be good, but they're making it together right now. Yeah. I mean, man, oh, man. uh, The other thing is, Universal Soldier had a very similar ending. And I love the double ending in Cyborg where he's like, well, I'm not dead yet. And then on the meeting. And that was part of the reshoots, actually, too. That was part of what Van Damme added. Because originally he just stabs him in the chest there. It's it's, it's like such an anti fight. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just kind of over. But they drag it on for. Dramatic effect, and I think to to good effect, yeah. Sure. No, I, I, I mean, it, it definitely. I agree with you. It and it, I wish that I would have <laughs> had this it. since I was like nine years old, because yeah. I think I would feel totally different. I can see. I agree. The nostalgia, the 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 like seeds for nostalgia that this movie has. And that's I think it's like, a lot more transgression, you know, like it's there's this it is nostalgic, but like I still fear it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah. It was such a so far away I, from like you know my dad tried to make the thing and he's like after 20 minutes like absolutely not like no uh, <laughs> you cannot yeah. so it's like that's rock and roll in that way where it's it's forbidden your parents don't like it you shouldn't be watching it really you shouldn't be watching it because it actually yeah. scares you as I, a 10 year old I watched Cyborg for a week one entire week Cyborg every day that's not good wow. I remember dad's, my dad saying he listened to uh <clears throat> Uh, shine on your crazy diamond for a month every day back and forth to work <laughs> it's like oh that's whoa <laughs> yeah so, that's serious yeah, yeah. And, Brian uh, came up to him he's like what's wrong dad he's like Fender <laughs> Fender I need a Gibson gotta get a Rickenbacker that's right <laughs> yeah, that's what, that is kind of funny cause like I am a Fender guy like I'll take a Stratocaster oh, yeah. Absolutely. So that yeah. means I guess I get killed at the beginning because they kill Strat. But fuck yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna kick ourselves out the cross, man. We're never giving up. Well, oh wait, yeah. that's backwards. That's backwards. I'm sorry. But uh, I just I love the movie for its craziness. It's it, I was gonna joke with Dave. If I'm so thankful you watched it, and uh, I was gonna joke with him that it's like, dude, it could have been Black Eagle, or it could have been No Retreat, No <laughs> Surrender. Eagle. Oh my god. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Moto, what, what do you think would be a good, like, it's hard to, like, okay, I'm in around the time of we post this episode, I'll post. So I've told the sort of backstory up to Cyborg of JC, mm-hmm. my friend. Um, <clears throat> but in that movie where he starts to play himself, because he is kind of a comical character, like, because yeah. he's a character, he can be seen as a caricature. It's like Albert Pian talking about him, like bringing him over to look at his muscles. Like all he cared about was the physicality of this role. Um, right. Um, excuse me. But, and, and then Albert Pian did say, it's like, if we made this movie again today, I think it would be much better because I think we're much closer to the same page than we would have been then. Right. Um, Still that's what the us. director... Yeah, that's what the director was saying about Cyborg because he's like Jean Claude's a different guy now. Then, yeah. Now less, than he less was then, sort of okay. focused on the physicality it, and can bring a lot more. It's funny that you mentioned you mentioned the like how he has the light shining on his biceps to like show that because there's a scene that that's the actually the split scene. It's real. Oh god! I yeah. remember thinking that because he's like really drastically lit from overhead, so like the it creates all those contours yeah. in his muscles. Like while he's sitting there doing the split in the archway, which is <laughs> ludicrous. There's, yeah. It's awesome. He literally has a halogen light shining on him and <laughs> there's yeah. nothing else around. What? And that dude didn't see him walking up to it. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. Come well, on. The other thing about that too, is that was actually those scenes were above ground. And so they were trying to light them as they were there underground. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. that's a great point. Like you don't see that guy as you're oh. walking up. <laughs> Wait, I mean, there's a halogen light lighting him. Like, yeah, <laughs> a couple of the getaways in there were like, uh, how do you get away? Which stairway did you go up? Yeah. To get away. The other funny yeah, thing yeah. about the all that underground stuff was above ground. All those sewer things were actually shot above ground. And so when they do come out of that little manhole, that little manhole was just like this thing that was created that they would have to crawl into like one at a time and jump out of. And then come out of. Yeah. Oh, geez. Oh, my gosh. Uh, oh, man. Oh, man. It, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, that's a movie that for some reason I return to and has a great effect on me. But I think for sure it was because of the time. In my life, I came to it. It was this like dangerous movie that scared me then, 
And I think it recalls those memories when I see it now. But oh, it was it's also, like your Peyton place. That, my, like my Peyton place. <laughs> that was like that like Stephen King has commented before about how like his mom refused him to read Peyton Place. He usually was not censored at all in like the books oh, that he read. Fuck. Well, that's where Salem's Lot came from. And she would read Peyton Place. She read Peyton Place and she's like, that's garbage. You're not allowed to read it. Nice. So he said, which of course meant I had read it by the end of the month. Um, and so it kind of had this impact on him. And part of it was because he was forbidden it. And that's so amazing. Yeah. It stuck with him. Oh, I love that you brought it back to Stephen King. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. See? Oh, oh, but I was going to say, so I'm going to repost around this time. So there's all this stuff about Jean-Claude's acting. The story that I told about him and his sort of struggle to find a place and a career in Hollywood. And then he fucked it up. Like, like things went, like this whole thing about how he could have gotten bigger had he not been trapped in these low budget contracts. Yeah. When he got to the place where he was able to get bigger that's when he got because of like women and stuff hooked on coke and there was a stuff where he'd be offered these incredible sums of money because he was a marketable star and he's like no i deserve like fucking jim carrey money and then he they were like no you don't and then he just didn't yeah. he didn't get those things yeah um but this was a time in his career where he was so hungry and humbled but also it's it's like when you see that's a weird thing to bring up, I guess, but like Bella Lugosi in Ed Wood movies, like Bella yeah. Lugosi never stopped giving fucking everything. So you'd find him in this like weird Ed Wood movie, but he was acting like he was in Citizen Kane. And that's a joke in the JCVD movie. Eventually he made kind of fun of himself in this movie called JCVD, the movie. And at the I've beginning, it's this, it. you've never said it or you've never seen it. Never seen it. It's it's so worth anyone's time who's like, I, what the fuck with this guy? Like, yeah, who wants to understand? But you got to make it through. So, so oh, I, I know Palmer started. It. I haven't finished it. I need to. I need to go back to it. It's I that, really do. It's that scene. So I'll repost that scene around this era. But there's a great opening scene that's one take, and then at the end of it, oh, it's amazing. It's like this action take, and at the end of it, it something goes wrong. He's like, what the fuck? He's like, I'm. It's very difficult for me. I'm like 47 years old. <laughs> He's like, it's, you know, I can't do this. And then it's like Spencer getting some, hard. <laughs> yeah, and it's like some Asian director. He worked with so many. Fucking Jean Claude Van Damme brought John Woo to Hollywood. Period. Whoa. Yeah, he did. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. Hard target. Well, also, he took over to edit, but <laughs> whatever. Uh, so, but anyway. Um, so he's saying like that, and, there, and and there's this joke that that the guy makes in that scene in the subtitle is like guy thinks still thinks he's making Citizen Kane, and then John Claude sits down at a table, kind of folds his hand, looks at the camera, and he looks just like Buster Keaton. Yeah, he, and that's the thing; he is not great with dialogue, <clears throat> but he he generates a real. Mm-hmm. He generates something Presence. very real. Like, and he, there's a thing in that reality series that behind closed doors where he finds out they're remaking Bloodsport without him. He loses his shit and he starts to scream and yell in front of his wife and stuff. But he's talking about, like, that's why you see in that movie, is like, it was fucking everything for me on the line. That's why I'm like, ah, you know, there's that scene in Bloods where he's just like screaming and it's so, so melodramatic. So on the, the cross thing, on Cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's crazy. Like, it's easy yeah. to make fun of this guy 
Uh, no, no, I but, don't. But as a human like specimen that started as a skinny kid and grew into this, like there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of things. There's bipolarness, there's narcissism, all this stuff. But it's incredible what he will see. Himself this is to where we're, this is what we're, this is what the goal is. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That whole monologue right there. That's what the whole point of this study of JCVD is. Is there's like, that, yeah, there, it took all this time to start getting into the meat and potatoes of it. But I didn't of know like that. Here in the actual like adoration <laughs> and explanation and like, I didn't that's know that a as great, a kid. That's though. a great spot. I mean, I don't have anything else. Like, we got to cut it there because that's like perfect. Yeah. Well, the only thing that I would then say that's kind of my way of working towards the scene in that JCVD movie that I'll retweet on LWSD Pod. And I think that the tweet is like, I fucking dare you to watch. I literally say this I fucking dare you to watch this and tell me this guy's not an incredible actor. But the thing is, so it's in that movie that's this kind of meta being John Malkovich look where he's like making fun of himself, but he's sitting down and then the platform elevates and it like takes you out of it. It's like breaking the fourth wall, but in a different way. So it, the platform elevates and he just starts to meditate like, what the fuck? How did I get here? And he literally said, kind of gives this like seven minute monologue. But when I rewatch it to post it, I realized that movie is kind of semi-fictional. I mean, it is fictional, but it right. plays off his real-life persona. The story, the what he recounts in those like seven minutes or whatever in French. Otherwise, I'd play it on the show, but you wouldn't be able to understand it. Is his actual story, and so when you oh, see wow. him and he's like, he's like, I asked for all this, and you made me a star, and I fucked it up. It's amazing. It's so heartbreaking, and you see that guy's wow. humanity in in a way. Now, yeah. I'm not saying. You see the man's humanity in Cyborg. <laughs> you see his determination <laughs> yeah. to, uh, you see his sort of Bella Lugosi effort to rise above the material and be yeah. the best he can be in those circumstances. I, I but totally, I totally would agree with that. Yeah, I would agree. He definitely was putting it all in there. This is the first movie that sort of made it so that, so like Bloodsport made him a, a thing, like a, a yeah. viable entity for B movies, but Cyborg proved that like it could be a bad movie as long as he's in it, it's going to make money, and that gave him a career. Gotcha. Very nice. No, that's the very well put. That's uh, Long Walk, Short Drink, Episode Thirteen. Hell yeah! Mic drop. Fuck Tommy Mojo, Maplewood. Thank you so much. Yeah, Tommy Maplewood. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope to have you on again soon. Thank Fuck you. Yeah. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. Love, love uh, uh, listening and being a part of it. Absolutely. Thanks for all your hard work for this too. Uh, it's hard. I appreciate it. I know our listeners appreciate it. <laughs> so, uh, Dave, you all right, buddy? I am so pleased. Thank you guys for letting me talk too much about no. this. <laughs> Uh, and if our listeners somehow like Jean-Claude, we'll talk about it more. But I learned from my, my good friend Palmer, he's like, this is not exactly my bag. I'm curious, but, but uh, yeah. so I, so I'm not, we're not going to do like a series of, of JCVD no. movies. No, thank because you. Because that's a chore for Palmer. It should, this show is supposed to be fun. So yeah. th- well, thank you for letting I, me dwell on him in this. No, but I think every now and then we come back and we hit another hey, one and hey, we talk about it. Absolutely. PLMR, you give me a movie. I don't like horror movies, but if you give me one, I will watch it for you because you watch Cyborg. 
Oh, Ooh. all right. Oh, I like that. I like that. I that's like a good. That. That's good. That's good. Thank you. you I'm, well, you inflict that on both of us. You find one that neither of us have seen, and you're like, "Fucking hey, deal yeah. with this, dickheads." I, I, I watched <laughs> yeah. Cyborg, and it manifested in myself in my. I'm dreams. telling you, but no. What we're gonna it's do like, is we're gonna do. Um, What's the one I called you and left you that really, really stoned voicemail about? No, that was Dave. the 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 Harry um, Harry Potter movie, right? The not not Harry Potter, yeah. but um, Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man. Yeah, right. that seems like a good like, idea. One of the gems of 2016, which didn't make my list for 2016, but it's on Amazon Prime right now, which just means it's accessible and free. Okay, and uh, I would love to do an episode on that because it is. It is a fantastic movie. It's one that I have thought about and thought about and thought about since I watched it, and I want to watch it again now. So. Well, let's awesome. make that the challenge for the three of us. Uh, I, will. I don't know. I, will. I don't know when that'll happen exactly yeah. because we've got a, f- a waiting list of people at the moment. We got yeah, Twinkie Shamrock. with all his movies. We got Shamrock. Shamrock was on. He he is a big fan of the new Mad Max. We Ooh. we kind of joked at the new cake boxer, but he's a Deadpool guy. He's a comic book kid. Uh, he's a, he's a fan of the show, and uh, I, I played yeah, him. Uh, I, I, played I really like that new Mad Max. Oh my god! Yeah, he loved, loved the pra- to talk about Mad Max. I, I I can't say for him, but um, yeah, I mean he's a guy that is also on your guys's level of visionary. Uh, I played him Camers. Uh, I hope you guys get that. Um, our our space mix, and he wrote a script while he listened to it. He wrote a movie oh, yeah. while he listened to this ten minute song. So he's one of you guys, you know. He's yeah, he's, Palmer. Oh, so that's awesome. so uh, the the instrumental mix of the one of Cram's songs from his 2006 album. He wrote a script. Yeah. He like it's like a ten minute song. Shamrock wrote a script in the duration of listening to it. Yeah, that's crazy. Recently, <laughs> so uh, he's on your guys's level, and yeah, you'll love it. Uh, no, that's awesome. So there's a lot no, of I'm, good things coming down the pike. If if somehow, some way, someone is hearing this that we don't actually already know, <laughs> uh, we're open to your ideas too. Find us on Twitter at lwsdpod. Uh, that's also our email address, uh, lwsdpod at gmail.com. Feel free to reach yep. out. Um, the Palmer's Picks episode that was posted, the sort of best of, has been getting a little bit of attention and then from some listeners and I, I was sort of yep. suggesting like, Oh, we could do, I'm kind of thrown out there. Like, they're like, what should we do? I wish I talk about it. I said, you know, we could do a Palmer's picks where you throw out three of your favorites or just send us a bunch of lists of, of things you like, and we'll pick from them. If there's, if there's something that someone out there, literally, if you're hearing this, this means you, because if you're not <laughs> hearing it, you're no one exists. So yep. <laughs> go ahead, go, go ahead, go ahead and reach out go to ahead. us. If you don't like JC, don't address it to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and don't give me a VD. You want to know something like just a little tiny thing that's pretty funny is that uh, the bride's the bride has a, um, a physical therapist, yeah. not the kind of guy. He's not like a he's he would not fit in well on the podcast because he's kind of just sort of. I mean, I, he'll never hear this. So I'll just say he's like he's kind of uptight stuff. So. Yeah. Loves JCVD. And we had this whole really? thing where he what? was like pressing, pressing me via text. He's like, what's his favorite JC movie? And I'm like, oh, fuck it. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I love I love everything up through like probably 96. And then after that, I'm not sure. Probably after that, it's like Re- Replicant and JCVD. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> and then he's like, my favorite is The Quest. I was like, what? Ooh. 
Wow. Yeah. The Quest is the is the only publicly released movie that the man has directed, and it's basically a remake of Bloodsport. But yeah, yeah. which was and not any what event. it was supposed to be. I've never seen it. But he was coked out at the time. It's a yeah, little weird. Stephen Good King fight. got. So thank thank you guys so very much for letting me thank talk you about Cyborg Palmer. Thank you for watching it. Thank, thank you. Yeah, for all you do for thank us. you so much. I will watch thank you um, movie. If I have it, like thank you for listening. Those of you who are listening, Dave Moto, Woo. it was an absolute pleasure. Woo. Um, and until next time, long walk, short drink, okay. episode thirteen. Not funny. JCVD boot night. Cyborg boot night. of JC, my friend.